0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. at goTodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing and our amazing deals. With 40 plus locations, get same day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on go Now It's only a kick. A jump! A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas. Okay. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Seattle Wednesday. It's the Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. Oh, it's going to be good today. We got a good one for it's you. It's going to be
2: great.
1: Cardinals win last night. Take down the Cincinnati Reds. Paul Goldschmidt hits not one but two Ding Dong Johnsons.
2: Congratulations, Anthony.
1: Thank you. I got off the Schneid, the home run Schneid. Did yeah. you see him hit that guy? That guy wasn't even paying
3: attention. Kay. Just smoked Shouldn't have been right standing in the there feet. exactly Hang on.
2: Let's isolate that for a minute because I did want to bring that up today buddy in the green shirt at the Great American Small Park he hears the ball come off he jumps up he's excited and he stares sideways (laughs) Bro, what are you doing? Where do you think that ball's coming from? Like, how did he lose sight of it that bad? You think it was coming from the parking lot? And he just stood there and then he ate it waited a second and grabbed his shoulder Can you imagine if he had turned around? (laughs) He'd have got that right in the giblets It would have been awful He would have deserved it, what are you looking at? Who the hell stands up and doesn't know where the ball is? Is it it coming from the concourse? He didn't even put his hands up To defend himself, nothing Just like, I don't know, why is everybody happy right now? (laughs) (laughs) That would have hurt Ah. like hell, man Ah. Head sideways! (laughs) Heads up, buddy! What?
1: Yeah, heads up, he looks at the guy that says heads up unbelievable but yeah Paul Goldschmidt nice <laughs> night for him nice night for the offense overall I tell you guys when this offense is a rolling it can make up for bad pitching you know
2: <laughs> what do you mean by that Anthony eh. we'll
1: get to it <laughs> Lars a couple of hits Goldschmidt we mentioned Oscar Mercado's got to go in for no Lord for throwing back for being thrown out of the game Ollie Marmel as well ejected Brennan Donovan couple of hits Tommy Edmund couple of hits Burleson with a hit last night. Oh,
2: Burley offense is rolling. Burley struggles in that left field, though. My God, poor guy. I felt bad for him chasing down that one that like yeah. anybody else would have had. Probably that maybe one Yepes. Yeah, it's a tough one for him.
1: Well, you got to get Goldschmidt <laughs> off his feet at first base, so you don't want to, you know, have somebody in the outfield that might be able to catch that one.
2: It's a good point, Anthony. Yeah, well played. This
1: is an offensive team, Jamie. They know what they are. They're a, they're, a, they're a, a team. As soon as they take the field, spread shootout. We're gonna outpace everybody. Defense, to hell with your defense. That's this Cardinals team. And last night it worked.
2: It's it did. Scored eight runs. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Did you catch it? It uh, was a lucky five though against.
1: Well, did you catch Adam Wainwright's post-game comments? So Waino. I did. Wayne o addressed the media after going five and two thirds. He allowed eight hits, five runs, so all five scored off of him. Walked one, two Ks, gave up one home run. To boy, this McLean kid's going to be an issue in this division. But here's Adam Wainwright, Bally Sports Midwest. We thank you for the audio. Uh, talking about his outing, guys. Take a take a listen.
4: Feel good. I'm making you know. I feel like I'm. Just finding ways to give up runs right now. No outs, or two outs, nobody on, blue pit, double. You know, I did that a couple of times tonight. All the bloops were followed by extra base hits and too many extra base hits. But that's because this place is from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I will dust my sandals off and move on from this place. But uh, we did win the game.
1: First and foremost, I l- I love, I love the blue pit double it's like all attention to the blue pit there's a blue pit and then double yeah blue pit double <laughs> it's like the double doesn't count <laughs> it's a, yeah I got blooped to death now yeah, there's a couple of doubles that were hit like missiles but let's just concentrate on the uh the blooped
2: hit Anthony i I be honest for a second? Sure. I'm really worried about Adam Wainwright as a starting pitcher this year.
1: Well, this is this should be the last time he pitches at uh,
2: the Devil's the Lair. Devil's
1: Lair, So I think this, you're good. The
2: Devil's slayer
1: He mentioned that. I don't know if we have the whole audio, but he mentioned that what three three or four times.
2: And I understand why he has not uh, pitched well in that ballpark and continued that. Yes, Jamie. (laughs) I feel like
1: you want to say more, but you're holding back.
2: Well, I'm just going to be completely honest for a second here. I have nothing but respect for Adam Wainwright and everything that he has accomplished in his career. He's an incredible human being. He's 10 times the human being I could ever imagine being. Bottom line, athlete and off the field. No comparison. Not even close. Waino, you win. Same. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. But... (laughs) When I'm looking at this rotation and I'm looking at the Cardinals, not the Adam Wainwrights, the St. Louis Cardinals, Mm -hmm. this worries me. It worries me. All the underlying numbers suggest that he's about to get rocked, yet he feels like he's about to go on a heater. He said that too following the game. This tells me I'm about to go on a heater. Turn in the corner. He knows
1: what's coming. Next. I don't
2: know. Maybe he's
1: right. He's maybe, been right. I mean, he's been maybe, right before. Maybe he's right. He's been right more times than I mean. We've I've been critical before. I've questioned before, and he's turned it around. But to your point, I mean, Anthony. It looks like
2: he's pitching bad. It looks like he's pitching batting. Like he's I'm pitching sorry. Batting I'm sorry I said it. I've been hanging on to that here for ten minutes now. It looks like the guy who throws batting practice at the All Star Game. Why terri- at the All Star Game? Because a lot of guys hit the ball hard there, Anthony.
1: <laughs> the home run derby.
2: Yeah, that one. <laughs> Jamie, what? <That's> I a- <laughs> can't be alone. I cannot be alone. You're not on this. And again, it's if you're watching the game, you see it yourself. You see if, it. And if you don't agree with me, you're not being honest. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're being blinded by what Adam Wainwright has done in the past. And listen, I'm willing to let that be the the tell. Go ahead. Pitch him all year. I don't care. Fine. It's Adam Wainwright. Do whatever the hell you want.
1: We could talk about how much he's done for the organization after the season. But when you're pitching staff isn't good and he's doing what he did last night and he's getting hit hard again. And then it's like, hey. Who knows, couple of bloops. Uh, double. It could be a different game. Here, but I don't I also don't know what else he's going to say. Well, here's
3: the thing, is he doing that much worse than uh, some of the other guys in your rotation? That's why he's still in the rotation. You can't just take Wayno out of the rotation I'm when other saying, guys aren't aren't really pitching that great either.
1: I'm not saying,
3: Marsh. Oh, I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying like I'm just kind of yeah. creating a question here.
1: I'm going to I'm going to say two things, all right? Off of what you just said,
2: people are mad at me, Anthony. That's fine.
1: Number one, number one, Marsh. You're right. He's not the only one. Number two, and this isn't—you're just presenting it, okay? You're just throwing, throwing out. I'm just—I'm correct. Just tossing accurate. you're you're, You're right, Marsh. I am also going back to when Jamie was hammering me about Jake Woodford i'm getting a little sick and tired of the oh it's not just him you know yeah i know but he pitched last night and it was ugly yeah we'll get to them all at some point if you want to talk about the starting
2: rotation starting rotation stinks no individual basis here Uh, it was adam wainwright's turn last night so exactly on the heels of what you're saying can i address a text of course So from the 314 says, of course, he's a batting practice pitcher who needs three more effing wins for 200, has done tons for this organization, is 41 years old and is a fifth starter. Leave him the f alone. Okay, here's my thoughts on that. Uh, One, okay, great. He's going to get 200 wins. I hope he does. You can't misread what I'm saying here. I'm not petitioning against Adam Wainwright. I have nothing but respect for Adam Wainwright. And quite honestly, if I was Ollie Marmel, I'd hand him the ball, too. Go do what you got to do. But here's the problem, Anthony. And I'm going to go right to the bottom of this text where it says, he's the fifth starter. Leave him alone. Problem is, you don't have a good pitching staff. So you've got nothing but fifth starters. Nobody can pitch right now consistently. If you had four other guys or three other guys that were shoving and were doing okay, and you had Wayne as your fifth starter, who cares? Big deal. But when he's now the guy again that you're turning to to lean on, to eat up innings, because nobody else can get past the fourth or fifth inning. Even Wayno struggled last night, but like that's where the problem lies. Mm -hmm. It's not in the individual. And and so if you're listening to this, like it's not the individual. I'm thinking of the team. The team can't afford to just keep running out pitchers that are that have the same numbers as Wayno. Let's take Adam Wainwright's name off of it, so people don't get emotionally charged up about this. If it was Jake Woodford with the same numbers, you'd be wouldn't even send him to Memphis. You'd have him going straight down to Springfield. That's my point.
1: He's got a six three three ERA. I, I, he's been sensational for your organization. It's unbelievable. The last couple of years without him, you don't make the playoffs. He carried you somebody else has got to step up now unfortunately to jamie's point nobody else is you don't have an ace you don't have a dude you don't have you don't even have somebody that used to be an ace that is now pretending to be a de facto ace like you've had over the last couple of years you don't have you don't have a number one you don't have a number two and this offense will you will spoil this offense you will waste it because this offense is legit you're wasting it though and this offense is going to get cold again. And then everybody's going to start blaming the offense. Well, the offense hasn't been good again. Well, it's the ups and downs of a 162-game of season. That's what happens with offenses. Sometimes they get hot. Sometimes they get cold. That's that's just the nature of the beast. But your pitching has got to be better than what it has been. Do you uh, have any,
3: like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like do you think do you think you could take some positives away that he only pitched 70 like he only had 77 pitches. They took him out early just given the circumstances, but yeah, 5 runs. I like he probably could have pitched a little bit longer into that game to give you some more length, but just based on how the game was going, it was a close game. I believe it was a two-run game at the time. Like yeah. does that give you is like, it is a positive thing knowing that he's he was somewhat efficient with keeping his pitch count lower. Than here's what we've seen
2: in the past. Here's what's positive for me is that Adam Wainwright has the guts and the mental toughness and the will to want to pitch nine innings every single time he gets out there. I respect the hell out of that. The fact that he maybe can't do it, that's not up to him. That's up to Ollie Marmal and the staff to pull him out of the game when they don't when they deem him to be, you know not being successful anymore. But it's Adam Wainwright's job as a starting pitcher to be the first guy to throw the ball in the game and the last guy to throw the ball. Complete games. That's what you should be aspiring for as a starting pitcher, in my opinion. That's not his fault that he's getting taken out of the game. I mean, it is his fault, meaning like he's either not pitching well or whatever, but he doesn't decide that. Adam Wainwright would stay in there, and I give Adam Wainwright a ton of credit for always being the guy that says, give me the ball. Yeah. And he
1: got a win last night. It's 2-0, Marsh. So if you're looking for positives, just look there. He's two and zero, Marsh. There you well, go. I am a wins loss guy. I so know. um so me, your best he's pitcher. been
3: doing fantastic all season. So
1: all right, it's the Fast on 101 ESPN two seventeen. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. John Denton tweeted this out yesterday for MLB.com. Ollie Marmel saying Tyler O'Neill's plan to restart a baseball activities on Monday was canceled because of a lingering pain in his lower back. There's no timetable for when Tyler O'Neill will be able to return, uh, to restart his return, according to Ali Marmel. So how many, ch- how many more chances do you give Tyler O'Neill? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We did win the game. We're right
0: back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: It's fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Tyler O'Neill. I read off this tweet from John Denton of MLB.com saying that manager Ollie Marmel, noting that Tyler O'Neill's plan restart of baseball activities that was supposed to happen on Monday was canceled again because of lingering back pain. There's no timetable for when he'll be able to restart a return, according to Marmol. And this leads us to the question of: Could we have seen the last of Tyler O'Neill? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's premature. And at some point, if you are going to trade him, at some point, Jamie, he's going to have to come off the IL. To show some sort of value for you to move him. Yeah. This is a similar situation as the Paul DeYoung conversation that we had over the last couple of years. When Pete, when Cardinals fans, some some Cardinals fans kept screaming, "Why don't you just trade him? Just trade him? Just trade him?" His value was never lower. It made more sense to hold on to him than to get some prospect just to fill out the lower levels of of your minor leagues. Paul DeYoung still had more value to your organization than he did to somebody else. So you kept them, and you just kind of buried him. And good for him. He came off the IL, and he's been outstanding this season. I'm not saying that's going to be the same case as Tyler O'Neill. But for those that are just saying, well, as soon as he comes off the IL, trade him. That that's that's not how you get uh, baseball rich within your organization. You deal from a strength, and you deal when guys have
2: value. Yeah, that's I mean,
1: not Tyler Neal right now.
2: Otherwise, you're just opening up a roster spot. Correct. That's the bottom line.
1: And you can do that with with anybody. Quite frankly, yeah. not with anybody. But you get what I'm saying. There's there's plenty of guys on your 40 man. If you're really looking for a roster spot. You that that you can that you can DFA and move on from. Just trading Tyler O'Neill for a bag of balls doesn't doesn't really do anything for you. You need this guy to to have some sort of value for you when he does come off the IL, whenever that's going to be.
2: Yeah, the uh, the flip side of that though, Anthony, is maybe not letting him play and hoping that the back of his baseball card from a couple of years ago gets you a deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's risk. In many ways with Tyler O'Neal. You let him play, maybe he's not good. That's risk. You let him play, maybe he gets hurt again. That's risk. Maybe you just let him be healthy and you shop him. Tyler O'Neill, 100% healthy. We've obviously got a crowded outfield. Anybody interested? Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't know ultimately what the right move is. He's
1: going to have to be the sweetener in a deal. He is no longer some, He's no longer a piece that is going to get you something in return. He's he's going to have to be the sweetener. It's the prospect, and then Tyler O'Neill. That's is, what it's going to have to be.
3: He is the reclamation project for another team.
1: Sure, potentially. He, he is a hey. We know you're looking at Tink Hence or whoever. What about what if we throw in Tyler O'Neill? We'll get the deal done. Like he's, he's going to have to be that he's, he is not the, the main
3: piece in a trade. I feel like every front office knows that the Cardinals are probably trying to move on from him. Sure. Don't you think it was like the, a few years ago when literally every single team in the NHL knew the blues needed a defenseman. So the asking it's a bad spots to be. Yeah.
2: Guys, let me run this by you. And we got a text from the three, one, four. It just kind of got the hamster going. They said we got Montgomery for a hurt Harrison Bader. What? What's the difference between Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill? Truly, like what? What's the separator? Because Ty, Tyler O'Neill has way more upside with the bat than Harrison Bader. He has plus defense ability, gold two gold gloves to go for his outfield defense. Mm-hmm. So why are we thinking that you couldn't get anything of value now? Bader was at the deadline too, right? The Yankees needed a center fielder desperately because they were struggling.
1: And Bader is, one, when healthy, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game.
2: And when healthy, Tyler Neil's is one of the best left fielders in the game.
1: From an outfield standpoint? Yeah. That, to me, that for me, that doesn't hold the same value as a center fielder. I understand
2: that. But it still holds value. Sure. Like, if you're going to make a playoff run at all, no disrespect to Alec Burleson, mm-hmm. but You'd rather roll out Tyler O'Neill in left field and lock it down over there.
1: From a defensive standpoint, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. That's, yeah. that's all provided I'm saying. that
2: he's because he can't take his bat in the outfield, Anthony.
1: Right. Yeah, it's not allowed, Jamie.
2: I mean, I don't know if it's allowed or not. It's probably inconvenient.
1: I would like to know. It's it's a good it's a good statement. It's good text. I'm assuming that. What they're inferring to then is that Tyler and maybe Tyler O'Neill has more value than what I'm saying?
2: I think that that's what they're trying to say.
1: Okay. I would like to know what sort of value you th- and I'm just I'm being I'm not being snarky here, I promise. I'm just asking, what sort of value do you think that Tyler O'Neill still possesses? Still possess. Because he's been injured now for two straight years. I realize that he's 27 years old still. So it's not like he's 29 or 30. He's he's still he's still in his prime. But what outside of what he did 3 years ago now would lead you to believe that teams still view him as like a significant piece. Cuz the Cardinals are playing infielders as outfielders right now. Yeah. So if he can't make this everyday lineup, what's attractive but he's hurt. for other teams?
2: But he's hurt if he wasn't hurt he'd be in the outfield on a regular basis he'd be he would be a pillar in left field for you if he was healthy even if the bat was cold if jordan
1: walker if jordan walker were up right now let's say the let's say the cardinals have their full complement yeah of outfielders so that means jordan walk jordan walker's hitting would tyler o'neill be an would would tyler o'neill be an everyday player for you in the same manner that Lars Newbar is.
2: Well, that's a lot of hypotheticals right now because you're adding in Jordan Walker. Like, if Jordan Walker, if you know, if Tyler O'Neal like. But that's uh, kind of my point, too. And by the way, just an update on Jordan Walker. Uh, he's got 14 hits in his last 10 games.
1: Nice. So hopefully he's up. So. It, he's up soon around. He's
2: starting later. to work his way
1: back. Sure. Okay. My point is, if we're having the conversation... Then we then we really we've we've answered it yeah we've we've done this if game with Tyler O'Neill for the last couple of years and I know some people are are diehard O'Neill backers I get that but we keep having this conversation do we not yeah so what does what does anybody believe you know what what's out there outside of the one year for you to say no oh, he still got everyday potential
2: no there isn't Anthony you're right I'm not pushing back on what you're saying but I'm also looking at the other side of it too is that there are players that do get higher return than you'd think Harrison Bader being a center, f- center fielder um, certainly his his value was much higher even hurt
1: right um, but you straight but you but you traded a starting center fielder an elite defenseman for a fourth starter. Right? Yeah. So, could Tyler O'Neill fetch you a fourth starter?
2: Probably. I think he could. Given the right circumstances, I think he could. I think a team that is a lower-budget team, that's still looking to not have a tremendous amount of payroll in the outfield, and they're trying to trade a pitcher or a starter that they will not be able to retain, Mm Mm-hmm like I feel like he has enough value to him to get a fourth starter. Anything is it, higher? Probably not.
1: Is that gonna do anything for you? That'd be the next question.
2: Well no, but I'm almost I'm almost of the thought process now of being okay with getting a fourth starter. Just upgrade. Yeah, because right now yeah. we right now you don't have a fourth starter. I I'm mean with you it. do, but you you've got a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh in mm-hmm. somebody else's rotation. And so if you got a fourth starter, you're actually upgrading.
1: Right. I, I know it sounds no, crazy. I, I understand what you're saying, Jamie. I, I agree with you. At some point, you just got to upgrade it. You can try. Through it. Forget the the two, the three, or the whatever. Yeah. you just got to upgrade.
2: Go get me, yeah. uh, you know, whoever. I don't care.
1: Well, maybe Tyler O'Neal at some point will get healthy. He'll come off the IL, and then you can deal him for the pitching help that you so desperately need. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Lineup's out. we got the lineup game next.
0: The smartest way. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com.
1: Game in the fast lane on 101 ESPN as the Cardinals take on the Reds for game three of the series at the Great American Small Park. Tonight, left-hander Stephen Matz will oppose Ben Lively, a right-hander. And Jamie, just a
2: prediction here. I think we're going to see a similar lineup to last night. Uh, That's my quid, Honestly, after what I saw last night, it should almost be copy and paste, and I hate to say that, but... You know? Well, let's see it. Yeah, go ahead. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and show us the new... Jamie, go ahead. Oh, this guy only hit two long Dong Johnsons yesterday. Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold.
1: Right-hander on the bump. I think this is Nolan Gorman.
2: Storm and Gorman, baby.
1: Show us Storm and Gorman.
2: Storm and Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Now, Anthony, a well-rested absolutely up hitter. Go T-
1: ahead. Took himself uh, out of the game last night. He benched himself. Benched himself. Basically gave him half the night off. No problem. Show us. No,
0: Leonardo.
3: Can I say one more thing?
2: Sure.
0: Albert Pujols, I love you, man. This
2: Damon. guy's got to get going here again. we got to get some violent at-bats. Show me big. Willie Contreras.
0: Well done. Well done. Well done.
2: Well done.
1: Hey Wilson, you better get going. He does, yeah. Move your ass to DH again, guys. Okay. We
2: we'll get Trace Pereira in there. Yeah. Go yeah. get it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What yesterday was? What here? I ripped off my sheet from yesterday. I'm. I'm flat, I think it was I
1: think it was DeYoung yesterday in this spot.
2: Was it Forever DeYoung?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forever DeYoung.
2: <laughs> Rod Stewart song. <laughs> <laughs> Forever de Young. It's you that? perfect. Yeah, Forever Young. Yes. Um
1: That's hilarious. I
2: don't know though if this is Forever De Young today.
1: Uh let me I'm just double checking. I think here. it's Donovan. Yes, it was Forever De Young in this spot yesterday. I think it's Donovan too. I think
2: he just Ollie has to do something to this lineup. I think he just flip flops de Young and Donovan.
1: I agree. Show us Brendan Donovan.
2: All right, way to go, Donny! <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is well. The next one is pick whatever That's Nick King you want to give him. Yeah, the king, Forever, forever DeYoung, de whatever. <laughs> Show us the king. Sorry, guys. What? Oh, they get him? Are they getting him off his feet for I a day? So he's, why, why, he's, he's too hot. Get him off his feet. He's yeah. been hitting the ball way too good. Lately. That's right. Come on, Ollie.
1: Son of a... Okay, so we're going to need Edmund at some point, And we're going to need some outfielders. Yeah,
2: you're going to have to get uh, a Burleson in there, right-handed pitcher.
1: Burleson is in here at some point. Edmund.
2: This could be I think DeYoung's still in here. I think he's going to be... Do? He's going to move him back? I don't know. I don't know how you can take him out. But anyways, let's just focus on the task at hand here.
1: <clears throat> Alright. I th- I think that this is Edmund then
2: Edmund's Edmund is is hot too He's hot hitting right handed He's a and lefty Have you noticed that lately? Yes. Certain pitchers anyways He goes righty righty matchup He's fine with it I wondered how long that would last Dylan Carlson should maybe examine something like that <gasps> No you're right Edmund nope. here? Yeah let's go with Tommy Boy
0: But right now I'm gonna need you Tommy Boy To get this place going
2: Alright
1: This I could see being Burleson
2: Or is it Kisner? Is he doing one of those things today?
1: Who's on? No, uh, Jordan Montgomery's not pitching, so
2: Wow Yeah It's Steven Matz Matt, all the lefties seem to go to Kisner Anyways, it's just a Theory I have I have nothing to base it on
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say Burleson
2: Who's nine then? Oscar Mercado.
1: Either him or Kisner. I think. I think it's Burleson right. Mercado. Go ahead, Anthony. Roll out. Show us Alec Burleson.
0: Ooh, nice. Burley. You're so rugged and manly.
2: <laughs> I love that one too.
1: And then I think it's Mercado because I yes. think I think Contreras is catching.
2: I would agree with that. Okay. Left-handed pitcher on the bump for the opposition has seen Kisner come in. I know I've got this crazy pie chart that I've been keeping track of with all these three catchers, you know? Wow. All right. Show us. Oscar Meyer. Oscar?
1: There we go. All right. Go ahead, Marsh. Run it. All right, leading off,
3: playing center field, Lars Núñez, batting second. The DH. D-H. Oh
2: yeah, we two days off.
3: Batting third, second baseman Nolan Gorman. Is he hurt? The cleanup hitter. <laughs> third baseman. Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth, catcher Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth, first baseman Brendan Donovan. Batting seventh, the shortstop, Tommy Edman. Batting 8th in left field, Alec Burleson. And batting ninth in right field, Oscar Mercado.
0: Back, 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 back. Stay fair! Go go Stay fair, stay fair! Go foul, go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run!
1: All right, Marsh, what's the home run standings? So Jamie has four.
3: You have two. Anthony. Dan has two, and I have
1: one. All right, so Jamie, yeah. you still have honors. That'll be me. Then it'll be Marsh.
2: This guy continues to get the bat on the ball. I just... I went with him yesterday. He didn't get the job done. As far as a home run, he kept my streak going. Going with Nolan Gorman. I like it. I'm going to
1: go... I'm going to go off the board, board a little bit here. I'm feeling good after Goldschmidt gave me my good. second home run. Good. You go. Jamie, you often say, hey, you, you go with the R.L. Chalk a lot. <laughs> Not yep. tonight. I'm going Oscar Mercado.
2: What? I'm
1: going Oscar Mercado. What
2: is wrong with you?
1: Does Oscar he even have Mercado.
2: home run power? Has he ever hit yeah. a home run? Plenty. I don't think so.
1: Give me Oscar Mercado.
2: Okay. I like the guy. Just it's like your Donovan's going to hit 15 home runs this year. Remember that one? Looked good for a second. Wow. He'll get there. Take Smith. It's
1: like Wayno. He knows what's coming. It's, it's turning the, around soon.
2: Why the ricochet? Why? Why throw something off Donovan to hit mm. Wayno? I don't no, get it. Waino said... Wayno was the guy in the outfield yesterday... At the ball game, and get hit with a home run ball right there. Yeah. <laughs> no idea no. what was coming, and he just took one off the shoulder. Did Adam Wainwright say last night, he
1: knows what's coming? A turnaround. He feels it. <clears throat> yeah. Same thing here with uh, Mercado. The home run.
3: All right.
2: I'm not really sure how to correlate those I two, but... No idea. Okay, uh, well, how about this? Wainwright gets hit oh hard. God. Mercado's going to get a hard hit tonight. Marshy, this is where we just agree with him, because otherwise he just keeps... Just, justifying,
3: Anthony. I'm going to go ahead and pick James my Ray. player
2: <laughs> say right yes now.
3: Go ahead. Okay, I, I am going to go RL Chalk on this one. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is batting five hundred against Ben Lively. Is that good? Uh, not sure if he is related to Blake Lively. Ooh, mm. I hope so. Also, Ryan Reynolds' uh, wife, mm. uh, who did not get the Ottawa
1: Senators. Nope. So, uh,
3: but, pulled
2: out. Anthony. Did he? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Interesting strategy. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN with. We have What's Trending Next.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's Trending Now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher.
3: Back to the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for what's trending, guys. Yesterday we were talking about Jamie Ben, Mark Stone, a couple scumbags. Couple scumbags. Guys, we'd maybe like the punch in the face. Uh, well, Jamie Ben did that for us <laughs> oh. for Mark Stone, uh, except for he used his stick Oof. and just cross-checked Stone right. In the face. In
2: the face. This was interesting to watch because Mark Stone just kind of finished his hit and then the stick got up a little bit on Jamie Ben, but he lost, actually lost control of his stick and it kind of hit Jamie Ben in the face while he wasn't even holding the stick. Hmm. I think Jamie Ben felt like it was a high stick on purpose. And so then when Mark Stone was on the ice, Jamie Ben looked down. Cross-checked motion, pulled up, loaded up, and then cross-checked him in the side of the face while lying on the ice. Five-minute major and basically put his team out of the game at that point. But Anthony, the um, the interesting thing, uh, and uh, <clears throat> this is the this is the part I like is that uh, Jamie Ben not available last night following the the game because of you know obvious reasons. Well, he was available today for the media. And uh, what he went on to say was interesting. Maybe the worst defense in the history of defending yourself. (laughs) Jamie Benn asked about the incident last night. Says, "Uh, obviously, I didn't want to take a five-minute penalty. But when the game happens so fast, emotions are high. Obviously... I would have liked to not fall on him, and I guess I used my stick as my landing point. <laughs> no, he didn't. He used his skull. <laughs> that is terrible. He had tw- he had from last night to today to think of a way <laughs> to kind of stick handle out of this. Yeah. And that's what he came with? My dog ate my homework type thing? Like, I fell forward, and um, I shouldn't have used my stick. I should have just put my hands down, and then I wouldn't have got him in the face. Go back, if you're listening right now, go watch it. I watched it, I don't even know how many times. He looks down first. He looks down to see where he's about to place the cross check. Mm -hmm. Loads up and then on his way down, changes the trajectory so that he doesn't clip the shoulder, that he gets the side of the face and the head. If I was Jamie Benn, I would have said, hey, emotions are high in these games we're obviously down in the series looking to spark my team mark stone hit me the stick got me up in the face i didn't know at the time that he had lost his stick but it did hit me in the face i was pretty angry about that because i felt like he wronged me mm-hmm. as he was laying on the ground i went to give him a stern cross check in the shoulder just like every player does that's the warning spot the spot between the shoulder pad and the elbow pad i'd be like that's what i was trying to do on my way down things happen i got him in the head Uh, I deserve the penalty. I don't blame the referees for calling it. But my intent was not to hurt him. Boom. There you go. Boom. So you've admitted that you're a donkey and that you were trying to do something wrong. Mm. So they'll respect that. And then they'll maybe overlook the fact that you tried to decapitate him. But now I fell on him and used my stick as a landing spot. Anthony, that's the worst one I've heard yet.
1: That's basically Happy Gilmore saying... (laughs) I broke the stick and then it was made of wood, so I placed it into the forest because <laughs> wanted it to go home or whatever you said. That's basically it.
2: Wanted to be with his family yeah. or something like that. That, yeah.
1: that was Happy Gilmore's reasoning for breaking the stick and, and throwing it into uh the forest. So not <laughs> great, not a great look for Jamie Ben.
2: No, in Vegas though, like they're up three nothing now in this series. Yeah, it's, see ya. it's over. It is. It is over at this point. Dallas.
1: Dallas had a heartbeat the first two games last night. That was just an avalanche. They're yep. done. Mm-hmm. That that's a different team. Man,
3: yeah, they I won meant, last Sorry.
2: Year. Yep. The series team. now
1: is a um, Golden Knight mm-hmm. uh, on an Avalanche. Yeah, Johan. Oh, that was,
2: they played last year. It's
1: a Golden Knight riding a star from wow. the sky down to earth eventually oh, it's gonna crash and they're gonna fight a panther next interesting that would be, be kind of cool
2: okay
3: uh anyways johan oviedo what i'm saying guys guy? is i
1: like to see my golden knight riding a star down to earth and then hopping off the star and fighting a panther with his bare hands that's how i vision my golden knight that's what i'm saying
2: why wouldn't he use his sword though be more of an advantage than using his bare hands um, like, if you have the accessory, the, why would you the, not use it? He wants the challenge. I don't know if he's serious. Okay. Is that even possible? <laughs> to ride a star? No, to, Marsh, to, you, to ride a star?
3: That's impossible. The sun, which is a star, mm-hmm. is undefeated.
2: You couldn't even get it's close a to the star. It's a different league.
3: It's a different league? league. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. That star's burning hot, too. There's no way he's riding it down.
1: And he is wearing all metal
2: that would be an a armor conductor of heat, heat. Yeah,
1: he'd be his
2: face would melt off. He would be a puddle in <laughs> yeah. that suit of armor. Yet somehow, and the panther would just go over and lick up the puddle. <laughs> I'm done with this guy. Yeah. Somehow though,
1: they we're watching it happen. Yeah. Go ahead, Marsh.
2: I was just going to say Johan
3: Oviedo uh is a good pitcher and uh had an immaculate inning and I miss him very much.
1: <laughs> okay. Johan it. Oviedo? Yeah. We could use him. You got Jose Quintana for him. Yeah. For that small stretch. We could have
2: got Jose Quintana this offseason. You could have. All right. (laughs) Anthony didn't want him. Don't start.
1: You were yelling at the poor listeners about a month ago for that. That's not true. Matthew Libertor, he didn't pitch last night, didn't go into the game for Wayno. so will we see him this weekend? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN.
0: Learn more at marines.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: 301, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson and Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, it didn't happen, Jamie. What well, didn't. Matthew Libertor did not come in for Adam Wainwright last night, or for anybody for that matter, did not come in out of the bullpen. We didn't want to see it. No. And we didn't. So, are we going to see Matthew Libertour make a start this weekend?
2: That's I, the key. I think that's a for sure thing. Our guy BT was on here yesterday, and uh, he kind of said, uh, well, here's what he said.
4: You're carrying the extra man in the rotation. You're a man short in the bullpen. Like you kind of need him out there with all of the innings. The, the conversation that we just had. So he will be available. The hope is uh, that he ends up getting the start in Cleveland on, on the uh, you know on the first one. But I, I think after that, it's going to be wait and see. Like what is it? What does it look like? If he looks good, I, I have no idea how you could have him go out there if he gives you five or six and looks like he did last time. How you could say we don't we don't need you in this rotation? They do like they they need somebody that has the high octane stuff that he has and can go out there and and can get the swing and miss. I, I feel like you have to keep him in there, but I th- I really do believe that every time Libertor goes out there, it's an audition for his next outing. Like whether that's fair or not, I think that's kind of the way they're looking at it.
1: I agree. I think that he's going to have every opportunity, just like guys like Paul DeYoung. Who it, much different circumstance, obviously, because Paul DeYoung is a veteran that is, you know, despite struggling, he has already established himself as a big leaguer. He he comes in off the I. L. But basically it's a, it's a similar, it's a similar idea here. If other guys are gonna struggle, and we're gonna give you that opportunity, that runway, let's see what you can do with it. And Paul DeYoung has earned earned being a full time starter. How I'm viewing this Matthew Libertor opportunity is just that he comes in if he pitches well hit they're gonna f- he's gonna force their hand in a good way now i do think that steven matt's he, he, his continuing to pitch i think it's two things one it's the contract two, the cardinals organization and every organization for that matter but the cardinals especially jamie are incredibly patient much more so than fans i mean light years more patient than fans and I'm not saying that's right. I would rather see Matthew Liberture pitch right now. I'd rather see him earn a spot in the rotation that has not pitched well. Stephen Matz has been more fine than terrible re- recently. His month of May
2: has been better.
1: Yeah. But the contract and the fact that, again, the organization is just going to be more pa- patient, that that is why we'll continue to see Stephen Matz for, for you know the foreseeable future.
2: So why do you think – why do you use the Paul DeYoung – Continuing to get chances as your guideline on this
1: because he wasn't a starter when he entered the The season
2: Paul he was, yeah, he
1: was viewed as but a are you bench comparing
2: back. him to Matthew Libertor that Libertor will get all the chances?
1: I'm not comparing him the player or the situation more so the opportunity
2: So do you really believe though that Matthew Libertor will get as many chances as many cracks at it as Paul DeYoung has in the last two years?
1: No, no, no. no, Because I don't believe that. I'm talking about Paul DeYoung this
2: year. Yeah, but you were talking about Matthew Libertor.
1: Correct. So, in other words, let me. So, Paul DeYoung comes into the season, not a starter at all. And obviously, he was hurt, but let's just go back. How about spring training? Sure. Paul DeYoung, not a starter. Tommy Edmond was your everyday shortstop, right? So, Paul DeYoung does not have a good spring. Then he gets hurt. He starts the year on the IL, further entrenching him as a bench player. What was the difference between th- that Paul the Young, that stunk in spring, that, did, that, that started the year on the IL, that came off the IL and was going to be a bench bat, to what we're seeing now? It was the opportunity in my eyes. Other guys were struggling. They had to shuffle things up. Okay. So, door came open. Paul the Young said, I'm here took off, and now I was just
2: I got you. So it's not necessarily the bulk amount of chances no. or opportunity. It's seizing the opportunity. Correct. Okay. 100%. I, I was trying to follow what you're saying, because I was like, I don't think the Cardinals will give that kind of a of runway to Matthew no. Libertor. No, 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 no. Because he doesn't have the contract. He's Absolutely. not the veteran player. He's not... You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that's where I kind of got sidetracked. But to drag it back onto the rails here, Matthew Libertor has to get an opportunity. When you have a rotation that's full of question marks, if you have a young guy who's pitching well, he had a, he had a really solid first start. Comes out of the bullpen. I, I'm not even counting that because I, I hate the fact that they did that to him. I guess smarter baseball minds would probably disagree with me, but whatever. Stand by my opinion that you brought him up as a starter. He went away for the offseason. He built up. He did everything you wanted as a starter. Why don't we just let him be a damn starter? And so I'm anxious to see his start against Cleveland. I hope he goes out there and shoves. I hope that he makes life terrible for John Moselock and Ollie Marmol. I hope so. Because that'll mean that he's out pitching somebody who should not be in the rotation and that somebody's going to have to make a really difficult decision moving forward. And someone will have to get moved to the bullpen. Someone making substantial money will have to go to the bullpen. I don't know who that is. Because right now there's a couple of candidates. There's more than... There's there's probably three, but one for sure is not going to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. We know that. Adam Wainwright will not be going to the bullpen anytime soon. So when you isolate the other guys, Michaelis and Montgomery, probably just fine in the rotation. Not just... They will be. They'll be in your rotation. Flaherty... And Mats are your two guys that have spent time in the bullpen in the last couple of seasons due to health issues, coming back and then whatever. So I think that if Ollie's going to move one of those guys to the bullpen or somebody, it would be one of those two guys if Matthew Libertor can show that he can earn a spot. Now, I'm leaning more towards Steven Mats, and my thought process is that it would be lefty replacing lefty. I don't know if you want to... Go with three lefties in your rotation. Not that there's any law against it, but a lot of right handed bats in the league. Yeah, I was gonna
1: ask you, let's let's unsp- let's unspool that a little bit more. Who would it be? Who who do you think moves to the bullpen? I think it would be Mats too.
2: I think process of elimination, it's Mats, And it's simply because it's a lefty. If Jack Flirty was a lefty, I'd say he's at risk too.
1: And I wonder because he
2: doesn't have the contract that plays. So if I'm the Cardinals and I've got a Pitcher like Jack Flaherty, if he's a left, if all things being hundred percent equal, left-handed pitcher just like Stephen Matz, but his contract obviously much lower, and it, he's free agent at mm-hmm. the end of the year. I'm way less. I give way less about hurting his feelings. No, you know I, I can't stand you guys. I know. Thank you. I, I know, Jack. It's our fault. It's you're right. Yeah. I know. Enjoy the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's where I would be going with it. And then you Stephen Matz has to pull up his socks too. And because he's at risk. If he doesn't pitch well, then Flaherty comes out of the bullpen. And you make sure as an organization you try to continue to keep Flaherty stretched out enough to where he's an option. And if he finds his game, great. Like there's nothing that says you can't just kind of rotate a couple of guys here. I know it's not optimal sometimes for the proper day's rest and things like that, but hey, guess what? Mathematics, you have a bunch of people who can figure out how to keep guys on their days specifically so that they can still be stretched out and get the proper work in order to compete for the rotation. So that's my thoughts.
3: Unfortunately, I don't think that he's going to stay in the rotation, even if he does pitch well, because some of these other pitchers, they have to do so catastrophic like they have to be so catastrophically bad in order to be moved to the bullpen. And we've already seen that, and they still did not bring him up. To put him in the rotation, it's just like a track record thing for me. Like I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think they're going to though. I think they'll just continue to have him maybe spot start here and there. They'll keep him in the bullpen, and they'll just have him be a a long relief guy in case the the starters don't have a good outing. I think, and that... then you have Steve, and then or Stephen Matz, and then you have Matthew Libertor to sort of clean things up. I think that's what they'll do.
2: I think that... I don't agree with it, but. I think that if he pitches well they'll be forced into it.
1: That's the key. He's up first. It's up to Matthew Libertor. Yeah. Go out there and shove. And if he does so, you're going to have everybody complaining if the Cardinals if the Cardinals decide to send him back down or into the bullpen and these other guys struggle.
3: I feel like they I feel like the, they don't care though what we think. Though well because no, they've right shown this year that they are going to do what they're going to do. Whether or not the media, the fans, whatever they're going to say, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, and they're going to
1: stick to it. Marsh, you're absolutely right. You're right. They, but they've always you're right. They've always operated that way. It's not just this year. Yeah, you're right.
2: But as they draw closer and closer to catching the Brewers, you're not going to have the luxury of doing it the old way. You're going to have to do it the winning way.
3: I think I think the way that they've been doing it is the way that they think is the right way, and they're mm. already inching closer to the Brewers. So why change anything? I think that's what their mindset is. Well, now, it's not more what I starts. think they should do. Right? What,
2: what's going to change it though, honestly, Marshy, is Libertor gets out there and shoves his next start. I Mats, hope he does. Matt sucks. Flaherty sucks. Then you go through the whole rotation again. Libby gets out there, throws well. Matts plays bad. Flaherty plays bad. At some point, the bleeding has to stop.
3: I, th- I think Matts is the probably the first guy to go to the bullpen. Flaherty's bullpen. worse
2: than him in the month of May.
3: I just uh, Flaherty has the, the, the what? The strikeout stuff.
2: And he's got the walk stuff too. He does. <laughs> <Lots of> he <laughs> does. But he's in That's my true.
3: opinion he's had the best outing of all the pitchers and you have a lot of hundred percent. You have a lot of uh room to work Right there, you you see it, and you're like, okay, we need to get back to that. We have not the seen poison. that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, That's poison. the poison for yep. sure. We have not Poison's seen that from yep. from Stephen Matz all season. No, it's, you're
2: right.
1: You're right. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Steven Matz will take the mound tonight in Cincinnati, where the Cardinals will visit the Reds again. 5:40. Stephen Matz opposes Ben Lively. Which QBs have the most to gain this season with good with strong performances? Get a little football talk next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Which quarterbacks have the most to gain this upcoming season? I think we can look at this one of two ways, Jamie. Most to gain in terms of legacy, legacy. Most to gain in terms of contract status. Or maybe it's just most to gain, you know. I guess this fits in the legacy. So I, I'm gonna stick with the two. One of the guys that I think has the most to gain is not a name that would really come off the top of your head. Because he's already he's already got a contract. He's already got paid.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think he's got the most to gain. One, because his team has suddenly become a, a darling in the NFL. And he has an opportunity to prove that his one of his best seasons in which he got a team to the Super Bowl was not a fluke I think Jared Goff has a lot uh, has a lot to gain here he's got a good team the defense isn't great but the offense should be spectacular again the system is perfect for him the offensive line is excellent he's got more than enough weapons I think Jared Goff has has a really good opportunity to take the Lions. I'm not I'm not predicting them to win the division, but I'm certainly not going to overlook them as a division leader. Bad conference overall. I think he's got a
2: lot to gain. Yeah, I could see how you would think that. I don't I don't disagree. I actually wasn't wasn't thinking about him until you dropped the name and went, "Oh boy." Well done, Anthony. Well done. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, there's there's a few guys that I want to talk about, but I'm going to stay in that division, and I'm going to go with Justin Fields. And reading so many things coming out of Chicago right now, it's all really positive. Like that he 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 they they're expecting him to have a Jalen Hurts type season coming up. He possesses a lot of the same qualities. That the boy can run for sure. Let's not make him run every single play, though. Would be nice, Uh, but he's he's an athlete, so I could easily see Jalen or uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, becoming Jalen Hurts, and then the Chicago Bears in the weak conference, weak ish division, because the Vikings are kind of like who knows. Mm -hmm. Watch yourself. Yeah, they're a five hundred team essentially. Really good offense. Um, Green Bay Packers. What are they? With the new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Detroit Lions, I anticipate that they'll be good, but still the Chicago Bears have an opportunity to certainly be a lot better than three and fourteen. Yeah. And so for me, as far as Justin Fields is concerned, he has a lot to gain as far as establishing himself finally as an elite NFL quarterback or just an NFL quarterback, because so many people are just calling him, you know, a bona fide running back mm-hmm. from this last couple of seasons. So to start with, I've got Justin Fields.
1: So you raise me a Justin Fields. I'm gonna I'm gonna re-raise and go Why with. Why did Marshy
2: get to Oh, pick? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What the ahead. hell's wrong with you? I what? I'm. I what? apologize. So, he was ready to go. He's got notes written and everything. Anthony, you uh, want the kid to participate? You have to let him play. I'm sorry. We get Matthew Libertor him. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, good call. Yeah, Marsh. I apologize to you. Jamie, I apologize to you and uh, the Fast Lane faithful listening right now. I apologize to all of you. All right, that's my fault.
3: Anthony, I just want your opinion on on this uh, quarterback uh, because I feel like you have strong opinions on said Indianapolis Colt Anthony Richardson. I feel like a lot of people think this player is very raw, has raw talent. He either can be a great quarterback or he's going to be a huge bust, not going to play very well. I've heard a lot of good things about his character off the field, and I've heard a lot of good things so far this spring about the way that he's been uh, handling the quarterback position for for the Colts. So I think he has the most to gain from an outside perspective if he can prove some of these other people wrong.
1: I think that he's got the talent to play at this level big arm athletic guy big kid he's got all of the tools I don't think that he should play outside of specific packages this season I think they should go with Gardner Minshew I think that they should weave in Anthony Richardson have certain series that he takes over the Colts aren't really going anywhere this year even a bad division I think that they should handle the situation much like we've seen other teams. You know, way back in the day, the Falcons did that with Michael Vick in his first year. Certain series, he he would take over. Now, it ticks off the starter typically because you kind of get out of rhythm. Yeah. But this goes back to the aforementioned the Colts aren't really going anywhere. Are you trying to develop him? Because if you're trying to develop him, just having him on the sidelines week in and week out isn't the best policy. Because Gardner Minshew is going to get most of the the reps. He's going to get all the first-team reps. And then if you start him every week, I don't know if that if that goes toward Anthony Richardson's development. But if you weave Richardson in, get him some first team reps, prepare him like a starter at times, while also using him in certain series, set him up for success. Hey, Matthew Libertor, you're going to face the Brewers. They suck facing lefties. Get him some get him some reps that way. You develop him. Otherwise, I think you should sit. He would benefit. He'd be somebody that benefited from another year in college, not from a draft standpoint. I mean, he should have came out. Obviously, he was fourth overall, but I think that this is this is going to be a long road for Richardson before he's a starter. You got anybody else How about Jordan Love?
2: Yeah, I thought about that, but it's just such an undeterred. You know, like unpredictable, it's like, what What does he have to gain? The fact that he's going to actually start a football game?
1: He's going to start, and <laughs> he could prove a lot of people wrong. Could. Everybody th- Everybody basically thinks that he is the, uh, you know, think of the worst quarterback ever. Jamarcus Russell? Ryan Leaf? I was thinking like Nathan Peterman. Oh.
3: Nathan
1: Peterman. Damn. What? He threw six picks in yeah. one game.
2: Yeah, he was just unlucky though. <laughs>
1: Those guys shouldn't, those defenders shouldn't have been standing
2: there. What the hell are they doing there?
1: But Jordan Jordan Love has, has, has a lot to gain, in my opinion. You could be the starting quarterback for the, you could be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, which is what he was drafted to be. That's going to be tough. It's be tough. I, I'm and with one, you. They once said that about Brett Favre yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. It's true. I'm just saying, got lots of gain there.
2: So I've got another guy here. Um, it's not a rookie, not a young guy at all. Russell Wilson.
3: That's who I had.
2: Russell Wilson. you got Sean Payton now, who is an offensive wizard, Mm -hmm. Super Bowl champion, head coach, all-around high football IQ. Russell Wilson, what are you now? Are you what we saw last year? Or are you able to play like you did in Seattle for a number of years? What are you? And so I think that Russell Wilson has a tremendous amount to gain from playing under Sean Payton and – producing for the Denver Broncos who have a pretty good damn team they just were horrible last year so I my, my second guy is Russell Wilson along the
1: same lines there's a quarter there's a veteran quarterback that will now be on his second team similar to Russell Wilson that I think has a lot to gain switching conferences and going to a team with a much 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 better defense Derek Carr Derek
2: Carr oh yeah Derek- oh, he's loving it in New Orleans it's on little thing on him and he's like loving it
1: he's it, derek carr is one of those guys that says all the right things seems to be a really good leader teammates seem to love him he played for a vegas team slash oakland team that rarely if ever had a good defense for him they got him Devonte adams a year ago but it would maybe maybe not the best offensive fit with josh mcdaniels now he's going to a team in new orleans that has a defense that has good talent around him and he's also going to a coaching staff that i few remember this but the raiders traveled to new orleans last year Derek carr and the raiders didn't get past midfield until late in the third quarter
2: that's not ideal
1: no and the saints still wanted him so <laughs> if you're if you're the Saints, you can kind of re- reverse engineer this a little bit and say, "Hey, this is what we saw. This is how we deconstructed you. Yeah. This is how we deconstructed the offense. Otherwise, we think we think that we can unlock your your talent." And going from the AFC, which is stacked, especially the AFC West, to the NFC South, he is the de facto best quarterback in that division by a long shot, playing for the best team in that division in a terrible conference. I think Derek Carr's got a lot to gain going from the Raiders to the Saints. It's a good pick. Anybody else? Marshy? We got one from the Air Comfort
3: Service text line, and I also wrote this name down, but Kenny Pickett in
1: Pittsburgh. Okay. How come? I don't agree. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> disagree that he's got, you know, hey, his second year. He's got Mitchie football. From the game, like from a... Yeah. To gain standpoint.
2: Well, I think what he can gain is that the the certainty of turning into an everyday NFL quarterback, to where you're not tossing around Mitchy Football, Kenny Pickett, Mitchie right. Football, Kenny Pickett. Is there something better? Who's a free agent? Who can we trade for? Like you're not mm-hmm. you're not overlooking Kenny Pickett. So, so he, he establishes himself as okay, he's our guy.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think Desmond Ritter fits into that too. Desmond, I'm toss, every, nobody likes Desmond Ritter. I don't really like
3: him. I
2: think it's family.
1: I think his family does, but everybody else is like Desmond Ritter is one of the worst quarterbacks uh, known to man. Who's is.
2: everybody? Is that you? No. Oh, it's I Anthony actually and all his different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like seven people. There's that agree a lot with of him. people there.
1: Yeah, it's more than wow. Well,
2: not I every. Feel, if I feel there's bad set, for Sunday Anthony when he the Anthony that
3: has to watch the, uh, the Falcons play.
1: Hey, they're gonna run the football constantly, baby. They're gonna win every game, yeah, seventeen to sixteen. First yeah, they got multiple <laughs> running backs in a league that throws the ball.
2: Ah. <laughs> uh-uh. Zig when they zag, That's Anthony, right. Remember that? Because hey, everybody's Belichick. smaller now exactly. on defense. I can run that ball, baby. Falcons are ahead of their time. Somebody told me that one time. Yeah. I think that was me.
1: One of my personalities. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> we got our Blues cues next. If you got a question, Blues-related question, 314-399-9646 is the Air Service text line. You got our Blues cues. You also have Jer- Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 415 after the gauntlet. Blues cues next on 101 ESPN
5: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
4: and
0: a member FDIC. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Lanes Blues Cues. All right, time for some Blues Cues. If you
1: got one, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service. Text line, Marsh, take it away.
3: From the 314, Jamie, you talk a lot about the Vegas Golden Knights defense being big body defensemen. How can the Blues slowly work their way into having a decor like that?
2: Well, the good news for the Blues is they've got some of those pieces already in place. You've got Colton Pareko. I know he's not the oak tree that's going to take people's heads off out there, but he's a big body that I can tell you. I've said this before. Connor McDavid, talking to Connor McDavid prior to the game against the Blues here in St. Louis, he said that Colton Pareko is one of the hardest guys to play against. said that his speed, his reach, his anticipation, all of that stuff make him very difficult to play against. That's the greatest player in the world right now, saying that. So something there. There's something there to Colton Pareko. Uh, Robert is a big guy. I'd like to see him use it more often, of course, but he's a big guy that can use his size. Tyler Tucker, if he's in this lineup, we know he's going to use it. Marco Scandella showed us that he's more than willing to use his size this year when he came back, when he was healthy, in my opinion, playing his best hockey since he first got traded to the Blues. So we'll see how that ends up with Marco Scandella. And Justin Falk, not the biggest guy, but he's not afraid to throw the weight around out there. He's not afraid to play aggressive, uh, and do that, that stuff defensively. Where you fall short is Nick Letty and Tory Krug. Nick Letty's just not a physical guy at all. It's just not in his DNA. And Torrey Krug would like to be physical. We've seen it. He's fiery, but it's just not enough. So when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, they've got a lot of bigger guys. They all move extremely well, uh, and they clear the net very well. The smaller guys are aggressive. They play that way. I just, the construction of the Vegas Golden Knights defensive core is something the Blues should look at. Again, the one thing you don't have is a number one defenseman to build the core around. Um, And that's why Doug Armstrong's got to make sure that he builds his core properly so that you don't necessarily need that number one defenseman. The rest of the group can handle it.
3: Sticking with the defense from the 816, is there a way to keep the subpar defense and be productive going forward?
2: there is i mean you, right now you're kind of forced to like you're not moving anybody they have no trade clauses your top 4 D have no trade clauses so does, I think Marco Scandella has one too i believe uh, i'm not sure how many teams Marco Scandella has on his no trade clause um, but either way this is your defensive core unless you can make magic with a team out there and you know we'll see how how that rolls out but when you look at Marco Scandella yeah he's got a modified no trade clause so he's He's got seven teams that he can submit that he will not go to. So it limits your options a little bit because all the teams where you think you could get rid of his salary are probably teams he doesn't want to go to. So this is your defensive core. What you need is a more consistent effort from the group of players. You need to shut down lanes a lot better than you did. You need to close out the middle of the ice to the neutral zone. That that includes the forwards. You need way better back checking. The harder the the forwards back check, the more the defenseman can stand up at the blue line. We saw a number of times last year where the Blues defensemen, unfortunately, had to give up the lines, give up the blue line, give up center ice, give up their blue line because there was just too much speed and offense coming at them, and there was no help or resistance from some of the forwards. So the defensive core overall can perform at a much better level if everybody plays better defensively.
3: We talked a little bit about this yesterday. And it seems to be the topic of discussion when it comes to the Blues, at least for right now. From the 314, do you think that there is a real possibility that Doug Armstrong could leave and go to Toronto?
2: No. I believe there is a 99.9% chance that he's here with the St. Louis Blues. That that one small point, I might as well give something, right, the other way. Doug Armstrong, he's in a fully binding contract with with there's no out clause. So that means the team would have to grant him permission or fire him in order to let him go. Which, either way, that's weird. Why would you let your general manager and your president of hockey operations leave? It doesn't make any sense. Doug Armstrong's not going to want to go work under Brendan Shanahan. That's why he doesn't have a boss here. The only boss he has is the ownership. He's not going to go do that. So there's no way. That's not happening. From the 314, do you think there was poison? in the locker room last season. Oh, I think at times there was. You know, it's no different than anywhere else. Your office, uh, wherever you work, when things are not going well, people get after each other. And sometimes you blame others or they blame you and you're not happy necessarily to walk through the doors every day at work or you know whatever you're doing. That's just the nature of the beast. Do I think that there was any kind of a rift to where it's like, "Woof, we need to we need to totally clean out this locker room and change the culture. No, I don't believe that. I think a big part of it went to the New York Rangers, quite honestly. If I'm mm. just going to be open and honest, there's a big part of uh, some of the problems that are no longer wearing the blue now. So that might help you overall. Now, that being said, you also lost a huge part of your culture that went on to wear a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey, too. So you got to try and find a way to replace the good and... Um, Avoid the bat. I
1: didn't realize Nico Mikolo was such yeah. a big problem.
2: Jeez. From the 636. Great detective work, can't yeah, they?
3: Watching Matthew Kachuk Poor dominate in the playoffs. Does Doug Armstrong have any regret now not doing anything and everything he could do to get him in St. Louis?
2: Yeah, so here's the deal, right? Let's just use Juan Soto as the comparable here. Of course, John Mosellock would have liked to have added Juan Soto, but what was the asking price? And could Doug Armstrong have offered pieces that Juan would have accepted a trade to Calgary, would have fit under Calgary's salary cap? You know, there's a lot of things that come into play when you're making a hockey trade. Did Army want Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, he did. Who wouldn't? But was he willing to part with, like Robert Thomas, I believe, was a part, like the Calgary Flames wanted Robert Thomas in the deal. So if I'm Doug Armstrong, that's kind of of counterproductive. I want Matthew Kachuk to play with Robert Thomas, and it's a center iceman too. So I just don't think the, the deal was there to be had. I think they were really close, but then when Florida came in with that offer of the players that they ended up sending to Calgary, I mean, that was a great deal. I don't know if Army could have matched that quality of a deal. You
3: just mentioned leadership from the 314. Who is this team's
2: leadership group now? Well, I think you automatically look at Braden Shen. This guy has always been a leader, whether there's been a letter on his jersey or not. By default, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo have to become leaders. Craig Berube has been on this show more than once talking about how, how they have to become leaders. They have to be a, a voice in that locker room and certainly lead by example. Um, you know, Sammy Blake is a guy that slowly became a leader in that locker room. Very well-liked guy, uh, but he became a leader. Pavel Buchnevich, too. Just because, you know, there's a little bit of a language barrier there at times, it's tough to understand what he's saying. He gets his point across very well to his teammates, and his his play speaks for itself. And if you move to some of the other guys, Colton Pareko, Tory Krug, Justin Falk, they have a lot of leadership in that mm-hmm. locker room. And Jordan Binnington, last year, although some people criticize some of the things that went on during the season, it's not because he didn't care. And Jordan Bennington became more of a leader in that locker room last year. I think leadership wise, this team is fine.
3: Last question for you from the six, three, six, Jamie, if you were to unretire being completely unbiased, which hockey team would you want to play for?
2: Wow. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, my heart is here in St. Louis. It's tough. Do we just exclude the Blues? Oh, no. Make... No, yeah, no. that's not
3: part of the rules. It's not part of the rules. I
2: think we all know which team
3: you would play for. Mm-hmm. They're currently playing right now, and they're yep. currently winning a series
2: right now. You know what, Marshy? Right.
1: Florida Panthers. You'd go right back to them. Mm, I don't think that
3: was.
2: He that. had
1: unfinished business with the Panthers. Oh,
2: <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots of unfinished business there. I, I would pick a team that I haven't played for before because, you know, why not just grow the list even longer? I mean, if if I had to, if need be, I mean, fine. I'll play for Vegas, you know? I mean, it is what it is.
4: Yeah. Oh, mm.
2: Jamie.
1: Has Oscar just Mercado... think of how good we could be, Petro. ...expediated a potential <laughs> trade for the Cardinals? We'll talk about it next on okay. 101 ESPN.
2: I'll carry you.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Let's see what Mercado can do with two strikes.
0: Swing and a shot headed for the gap. That'll get down and score one. Donovan around second. He's on his way to third. He's got the green light. He's going to score. Mercado breaks it open. It's 3-0. Sharply hit and in the right field. That'll score two runs. Mercado having a huge day.
1: Chip Carey, Bally Sports Midwest from over the weekend. Oscar Mercado having a big day. He's uh, He's been very impressive since returning to St. Louis, he had an opportunity to, to come back. The Cardinals signed him and kind of waited his time out in the minors. Got his opportunity, and so far he's been great. It, let's put Oscar Mercado to the side here for a second, though. John Denton at John Denton555, the Cardinals beat writer for MLB.com. He tweeted out about 15 minutes ago that Ollie Marmel said that Tyler O'Neill. Who's dealing with the lower back strain took light swings off a of tee today as he works to restart baseball activities. O'Neill has been on the IL since May fifth with the with persistent back pain. So it looks like Oscar Mercado is going to kind of have a little bit of a runway here, Jamie. Well, I'm fine with that. Same. Ollie Marmel also said that center fielder Dylan Carlson, who sprained his left ankle earlier this month, took batting practice from the right side of the plate today. Marmel said that Carlson is still, quote, a few days away from being able to hit from the left side. Carlson rolled his ankle while leaving the batter's box on May 14th. And finally, John, John Denton tweeted out one more Ollie Marmel quote. And this is a big one, Jamie. This one's huge. Matthew Liberatore will start one of the three games this weekend in Cleveland. Ali Marmal said the day will be announced once he lets the pit three pitchers know which nights they will be starting. So Matthew Libertor will make a start this weekend against the Cleveland Guardians. It Alex,
2: feels huge. It, it's huge.
1: Yeah, well said, Jamie and BT. Well said.
2: We agreed on something.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did.
2: No, not you and I. BT and I. Oh. Hey, do you think that
1: Oscar Mercado has already... Provided the Cardinals with an opportunity to look look for a trade.
2: Oh, I don't know. It's a little soon for for that. A little to, early. I think it's a little early to to say. Oh, the, everything's fine now. We can start trading players because we have Oscar Mercado. Well, not him directly, but
1: you know the idea that you're you've solidified a bench spot in the outfield.
2: Yeah. No, it's still too early. Okay, but uh, it's headed in the right direction. I mean, unless the Cardinals know more about this player than I do, we, I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to know all about Oscar Mercado, except for what I've read up and watched so far this year. I really like him as a player. Does he give you the ability to just move on from guys? I don't think yet. I don't think Alec Burleson or Juan Yepes. I don't think any of those guys give you the ability to be like, yeah, let's go. Phones are on.
1: I don't know. How do you feel? You know what I like about Oscar Mercado? He's an, he's actually an outfielder. That's what I like about Oscar Mercado. Why well, do too? He's not an inf- and look. This is nothing against Brendan Donovan, who has played great in the outfield, and Tommy Edmond, who has filled in admirably in the outfield. I would just rather see those guys get their the majority of the time in the infield, where they won their Gold Gloves. Tommy Edmond, especially. <clears throat> I realize now with the emergence of Nolan Gorman, and he's an everyday player. Yeah. Thankfully. You, you're going ha- to need one of those guys to go to the outfield pretty much full-time. And if that's Brandon Donovan, great. I don't love the idea of both those guys being out there, nor do I love the idea of having your corner outfield be, be a bit of a mess when it comes to the, the defensive aspect of the game. When, Brandon, when Dylan Carlson comes back, you can move Newt, Newt Bar back to right field, and you, you've, you've solved some of that problem.
2: So Carlson coming back, though, to me, creates a little bit of a uh, a difference, too. Carlson coming back, Mercado's emergence, Donovan being able to play in the outfield, Newt, that, for me, allows you to start exploring. For me. And Mm -hmm. also, to throw in an extra caveat to this, where's Jordan Walker halfway through the year? If he's back up here, now you're, you're willing to answer the phone on more than one outfielder. If need be, I wonder if Jordan, when Jordan
1: Walker does come back up, if he winds up being your primary DH uh, un- outside of the games that Wilson Contreras moves to DH. Walker? Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Because why would you? Why would you
1: put Jordan Walker back in the outfield if you have Donovan Carlson, New Mercado, eventually O'Neill?
2: Yeah. You know, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't now. But to my point earlier, is like you can maybe move on from more than just O'Neill if that's what your idea is.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Dylan Carlson, he might be a big trade chip. He's young, he's cash controlled, he's got a tremendous amount of upside. Maybe it just didn't work out here in St. Louis. I think Dylan Carlson nets you a good return. He's been the He's been the big name in a lot of so-called deals that we think the Cardinals have been in on with other players. And it's not that I'm just willing to give up on him, but if you have some young players in the pipeline that you think are better and have more upside, then why not deal a player that can get you something with tremendous value to that player being the cost-controlled and the youth behind it? So I think O'Neal and Carlson become, if nothing else, you're answering the phones about both players, and that's how you get Walker some reps in the outfield. Maybe not everyday reps, because you'd have Newt, um, you've had, you'd had, you have Mercado, you'd have Donovan, and Walker, and kind of rotate it around from there.
1: You know what I think, Jamie? What? They should have dealt Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto a year ago and they had the Ooh. chance. It's the fast lane on the deal. 101.
2: Wow. What? I was just saying wow. Cold dead hands, Anthony.
1: Don't forget. One for one, had the opportunity.
2: Do you think those hands are still cold and dead? You think they are definitely up, cold. You think they're warming up a bit. No, they they're cold. Warming up. They're cold. I see Mo having cold hands all the time. Really? Yeah. Just look at him. Just look at his hands. They're perfectly manicured. They just look like if you held hands with them, it'd always be cold. And he's not an interlocking guy. He's like, no, no, keep your fingers out of there. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Goes back to the conversation that we had yesterday, Marsh.
2: If you're walking with somebody, yeah. like are you like a interlocker you're wa- or if you're you walking like with a- J- If you're walking
1: with Jamie, you get interlocked.
2: Yeah. He
1: expressed that yeah. yesterday.
2: Mm. I like to interlock the fingers. I don't are just you, like to hold hands. It feels like a, weird.
3: Do you go from the side or do you go from the top? Um It's another aspect to the interlocking of the fingers.
2: On top. Okay. Yeah. I like being on the top. That way I can control the situation. Like I can mm-hmm. steer that way.
1: Boy, we learned a lot about you in the last fifteen seconds or so, Jamie. Yep. I thought we knew a lot, but what you just detailed there—you uh-huh. took us to another level.
2: Yeah, you know, Anthony, just give me a little peek. It's like a golf grip. Yeah, I don't, I don't cross over with the other hand, but yeah, I interlock the fingers. You get a, a lot better, a lot better grip. You can, mm-hmm. you know. All right, 101 ESPN is your
1: chance to score a pair of tickets to see Dead & Company at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on June 7th. Very few tickets remain for the show. You can find all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. But right now, you can also text in to 314-399-9646 to win tickets to see Dead & Company. And all you have to do is answer this question. Jamie earlier was absolutely disgusted by an explanation from a sports figure on uh, something he did last night. And this is this was big news in the world of hockey. What player was Jamie disgusted with? He expressed his feelings earlier today in the show. If you know that player, or you can just guess. I gave you a, a pretty big tip there with the uh, the hockey. Gregor. You can text in to 314-399-9646 to win tickets to see Dead and Company. Gauntlet next in the fast lane.
0: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
1: your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers An officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers, Dan Jamash, and Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Shane to the Gauntlet. What's up, Shane? Hey, what's going on? Shane. Ma- Shane What's Sugar up, Shane?
2: My
1: man? All right. too much. got
4: done watching Horrible Me to prepare for this, so I should be good to go.
1: <laughs> Number one or but two? Yeah, two, one, two or three. All of them. That a boy. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. Would you like to take on Marsh, Jamie, or myself today?
0: I'm going to take on you.
1: Okay. You figured this guy doesn't know anything. So.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's a good call. <laughs> it's a good call. I mean, it's
1: good
5: a luck, great Shane.
2: call. See ya. Thank you. All right, Shane. As Anthony uh, makes his way to the corner of Silence, feeling a lot of shame right now after that. <laughs> Uh, We'll go over the rules here real quick. I'm sure you know them, but maybe somebody tuning in right now is first time listening to The Gauntlet. Each question is worth two points. If you answer the questions without using the option, you get two points. If you use the options and answer correctly, you only get one point. And, of course, if you answer it incorrectly, you get zero points and we might make fun of you. Shane, it's time for you to tell Marshy to spin that wheel. DJ Marshy Marsh, spin that wheel! All right, Shane. So, everybody has a category they don't want. What's yours? All right. Well, Shane, are you there still? I, I, I'm about to hang up with the hockey. Well, don't hang up, because it's baseball. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Baseball. I, I and so, as... DJ Marshy Marsh here pulls open the envelope and hands over the questions. We'll get you started. So, again, the category, Shane, is baseball. Question number one. This season, which team passed the 1972 Mets for most consecutive wins in one-run games to start a season, winning 12 games decided by one run in a row?
3: Like
4: the Tampa Bay Rays is a good yes So uh, Tampa Bay Rays final answer.
3: All right, thank you. <laughs> Question number two. Jordan Walker was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft by the St. Louis Cardinals in what year? Cool.
2: What's that, Shane? I'm going to go 20, no, 20, 20, 20 Final answer. All right. All right, question three. With his 1,000th career RBI, Nolan Arenado joined Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Nelson Cruz, Miggy Cabrera, and which current Diamondback is the only active MLB player with 1,000 RBI and 300 home runs? Give me the is it Charlie Blackman, Evan Longoria, Marcus Simeon? So Blackman. Final? Final answer.
3: Question number four. Which Cardinal hit a 461-foot home run in April, the longest of any Cardinals player this season?
5: Well, um, I remember that but, uh,
0: Go. We'll go options
3: again. Options are Nolan Gorman, Wilson Contreras, or Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill, final
2: answer. All right, Shane. Good job, buddy. We're going to bring Anthony back in here. How you feel about that one today?
0: Uh, about as useless as a screen door in a submarine.
2: Well, yeah, that wouldn't work very good. That's for sure. That'd be some bad engineering. Good news is, though, you got Anthony, so anything's possible. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Anthony. Welcome back. You're not sorry. <laughs> I see your face right now. How'd Shane do? Well, you better pack a lunch. Yeah, alright. Alright. Anthony. Yes. Category is... Baseball. Okay. Question number one. This season, Which team passed the 1972 Mets for most consecutive wins in one-run games to start a season? Winning 12 games. Being decided by one run. Hmm.
1: Won most games, one run. Well, the Rays won a lot of games,
2: but they were kind of blowing everybody out. Uh, I'll take the options, please. All right. Is it the Tampa Bay Rays? The Cleveland Guardians or the Miami Marlins?
1: And you said 12 consecutive games they won by one run? Correct. I don't think it was Miami. Cleveland plays a lot of one-run games. But Tampa Bay, they just won a lot, guys. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, final answer. Thank you. We'll play the odds on that. Question number
3: two, Jordan Walker was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft by the St. Louis Cardinals in what year?
1: Um, Let's see here. That of course was the 2019, was it 19 or 20? Let me think here. He just turned 21. 22. I'm trying to look at the age here. 21, 21, 21. Oh, I think it's 2020. Final answer 2020.
2: All right. Question number three. With his 1,000th career RBI, Nolan Arenado joined. Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Nelson Cruz, Miggy Cabrera, and which current Diamondback as the only active MLB players with a 1,000 RBI? And three hundred home run,
1: a thousand RBIs and three hundred home runs. And he's pl- and he plays for the Diamondbacks. Boy, oh boy, um, who plays for the Diamondbacks? It's been around a little while. I don't think it's Ketel Marte. He would almost be the obvious choice. I'm probably overlooking somebody. I'll, I'll take the options on this, please. All right. Is it Charlie Blackman,
2: Evan Longoria, or Marcus Simeon?
1: It's got to be Longoria since he's the only Diamondback. So, Evan Longoria. Final answer? Final answer. Question
3: number four. Which Cardinal hit a 461-foot home run in April, the longest of any Cardinals player this season? 461.
1: In April, you said? In April. Okay, so we know it's not the king. The king returned in May. Arnado, Goldie, there'd be some obvious choices. O'Neill hit some taters, but he hasn't been hitting a ton of taters. So who else would have hit a four hundred and? Let's go with Gorman, Nolan Gorman. Final answer.
2: All right, let's go over these. Let's start, um, start with question number one. This season, which team passed the 1972 Mets for most consecutive wins in one-run games to start a season? Winning 12 games, all decided by one run. Shane, without the options, you said the Rays. No. Anthony, with the options, no. you said the Rays. So Cleveland or Miami. Answer is? Uh, it's that team from Florida, the Miami Marlins. Miami Marlins. Marlins. <laughs> Should have
1: went, went with the non obvious choice. Yeah.
2: All right. 0 0 after one. Next question Jordan Walker was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. In what year? Shane, you said 2020. Anthony, you said 2020. Answer is It's 2020. But neither of you needed the options. Ah, oh, you sneaky guy. you! Two all here. Question three. With 1,000 career RBI, Nolan Arnato joined Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Nelson Cruz, Miggy Cabrera, and which current Diamondback is the only active player with, with 1,000 RBI and 300 home runs? Shane took the options, went with Charlie Blackman. Anthony, you took the options You went with the only Diamondback Evan Longoria Answer is Well, it's Evan Longoria (laughs) Evan Longoria So we got a 3-2 lead Headed into the last question Which Cardinal hit a 461 foot home run in April The longest of any Cardinals player this season? Shane took the options. Said Tyler O'Neill. Anthony. You went without the options. You said. Nolan Gorman, who was an option. If Shane is right, we go to Walk off. If Anthony's right, we got a winner. Answer is. Walk it off Tyler No! Yeah, we gotta walk off We gotta walk off here Tyler O'Neill. All (laughs) right, Shane I'm sure you know how this works But we'll go over it real quick We got the tiebreaker question And we'll ask Anthony the question And he'll write it down As fast as he can When Anthony's done writing it down We'll then go to you, Shane For your answer and whoever's closest to the pin wins here today in the gauntlet. Are you ready, Shane? I'm ready. Okay, Anthony, are you ready? Yes. Tiebreaker question. In eight seasons with the team, how many home runs did Paul Goldschmidt hit as a Diamondback? Anthony is melting down. Oh, he's got his fingers counting. Oh, boy. All right, we got an answer from Anthony. Shane, what's your answer? 215. 215?
5: 215.
2: All right, we got a winner today in the gauntlet. Shane.
0: You have chosen poorly.
2: You lose. <laughs> Anthony got you. Anthony, why don't you read off what you have? There? 210. 210. Shane, you said 215. Wow! Oh the answer God. is 209. Wow. 209. Holy smokes! Anthony almost got the perfect answer, which was alarming because he had his shoes off and he was counting with his was toes. Yeah, and I was hands. counting on my fingers. Man, good job, Shane. Shane, Sorry, nice man. job. He gotcha. Yeah,
0: good job, guys.
1: That was a good one, Shane. Good yeah. battle.
0: Made me run for my money.
1: Nice job. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing.
0: Yep. I'm going to go ice my knees.
1: Okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> yeah, <right>. Me too. <laughs> we'll see you. <ya. laughs> I feel like, though, when any time. He was
2: mad. He was. I like yeah. that. I don't
1: blame him. I like that. I don't blame him for being I like that. competitive.
2: Shame. That's right. It's competitive.
1: Whenever it goes to those tiebreakers, though, that's just. I yeah, that was a shock.
2: Day. When you wrote 210, I was like, oh, my. I finally did some math. There. That's my, by far the, the closest to any of us have ever been.
1: I don't want to say this too loudly, but remember when I smacked my head on the desk that one day? Oh, do I ever? Yeah, I. My math has been. Remember, I got the, the math question right the other the other gauntlet. My yeah. math has been has been better of You've late. Unlocked a different part of your brain. Yeah. Well, is this
2: really math, though?
1: Well, I I I did some math in my head. Wow. Did you? Technically, on my fingers. Yeah. I used math. Or I didn't just guess. What
2: was your process?
1: My process was eight was seasons, thirty yeah. home runs a season, roughly.
2: That's how you got the two ten. Yeah. Good job, man. I Thank don't care you. how you got there. You got there. Thanks, well Jimmy.
1: I'm just saying, I hit my head, and now all of a sudden, I could do math. I'm just that's what that's what I'm saying. Why don't you that's, hit it
2: again? See what you can do next. No,
1: no, I, I'm not giving away this gift. That's of how math. People get like superpowers.
3: Exactly. You know, yeah. some yeah. people get <laughs>
2: superpowers. Some people yeah. fall count into, now.
3: you know, like a. You know, like a bat cave right. or something with bats and mm-hmm. actually he's not actually Batman's not even a superhero. He's not a super uh, some people get bit by like radioactive spiders. Right. Um you know, they find a green ring mm-hmm. from an alien. Anthony, you just bang your head on
1: a on a right. desk
3: and become can, a superhero. I was an idiot. S- I was I
1: was an idiot before I ran my face into that uh, pool wall. Yeah. And yeah. I that became one dumber. didn't help you. No, I became dumber mm-hmm. and then I hit my head on the desk and now I can do math. Uh
2: huh crazy guys we got a uh, text here in 618 said that nelson cruz had more than a thousand rbi and he's still active yes he was on our list yeah of players yes that uh
1: currently have that that's correct well done jeremy Rothford. next on 101 espn
0: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
1: It's a fast on 101 ESPN. People are crushing me still for my math. <laughs> it was fantastic. I did 25. Marsh said 30. With, for, for the Goldschmidt or not the Goldschmidt the uh yeah Goldschmidt home runs you don't as, know you tie at this point Marsh said 30 I did 25 so what's 25 it? times times 8 yeah that was that that's 200 and I figured he probably he probably had a, th- a 30 home run season or so mixed in there so uh-huh. I bumped it up a little bit got to 210 so there's actual math 20 whatever it takes or t- I'm sorry 220 220 jeez two, <laughs> two, 210 <laughs> that's what I got Bottom line is I won. Let's go to Jeremy Rutherford now. What's up, JR? What's up, boys? How you guys doing? Ah, Just trying to do math. We're
2: struggling. Just terrible. (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah,
1: not great. So, Jamie yesterday broke down the free agents that could make some sense for the Blues. And now that we're drawing closer to the Stanley Cup final and, of course, the offseason, I think that we've got maybe a more realistic viewpoint uh, of what... What could be available this off season? I know you've seen various lists. You participate in various lists. Who could make some sense for the Blues to upgrade this off season? Well, I, I think before
4: I maybe throw some names out to you guys, I, I think big picture here's what we have to keep in mind. First of all, there isn't uh, a lot of money to be spent. You're talking about six point seven million dollars uh, with cap friendly right now, and it's about eighteen player contracts, so it's not a lot of money. To go around you know you hate to go back to the number that Doug Armstrong threw out back at the uh, trade deadline but he said they'd have about 4.2 million dollars you know to spend maybe that was later in the season and and so that's not a lot of money to sign a couple different players you know one thing to keep an eye on is this Ryan O'Reilly story and I know that we've gone back and forth on that in terms of do we think he'll come back and you know part of us thinks that he might part of it you know there's some speculation out there that uh, you know he could be winking at the Blues. That he's coming back so you know before we get into names you know max domey and and those types of guys you know i think that the potential of ryan o'reilly coming back seems more real or at least there's more scuttlebutt than we've heard in the past so we'll keep an eye on that but but uh, you know going back to that big picture you know doug armstrong told us guys that he's not going to sign multi-year contracts and that's what guys in free agency are going to be looking for this is more of a one to you know two year type of thing with the Jacob Branas and Casper or are they going to get extensions? So on and so forth. So I think Doug Armstrong, to answer your question, is going to be um, you know maybe not as active in free agency as uh, as we probably think.
2: Before we get into some of the players, Jr. Is Doug Armstrong going to be the GM for the Blues next year?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. Good question. Yeah. So a lot of speculation in the last week or so since Cal Dubas was let go in Toronto, and Doug Armstrong's name has come to the forefront and. And rightly so, like, you know, here's a guy who has the experience. He's the longest-tenured GM in the league now. When you talk about David Poyle uh, leaving, stepping down in Nashville, Barry Trotz stepping in, it's Doug Armstrong who's been at the helm the longest in the NHL. Of course, he's got that president of hockey operations title as well. He makes a ton of sense, Riv, I think, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's the hang-up that you guys know. He's got a contract that runs through 25-26. To my knowledge, I wrote about it last night, this morning, Uh, I don't think there's a chance in heck that Tom Stillman would allow the Toronto Maple Leafs to talk to Doug Armstrong. And so if it comes to that, if there is a phone call, if Shani's doing his due diligence, you know, I think for that to take off, Doug Armstrong would have to say to Tom, look, I've got some interest in talking to these guys, and then maybe they could work something out. But I don't think uh, that this is going to get off the ground.
2: All right. So back to the players. Yesterday I suggested a couple of players, three for that matter uh, but one that I'm I'm very um, confident in, at least my thought process behind it, and that player is Sean Monahan. Uh, this is yep. a guy that is a reclamation project. He's what 27, I believe, maybe 28. He's right in that wheelhouse that Army talked about or described as a player that he'd be interested in acquiring or maybe signing, and it would be a one-year deal. It would be one year deal, probably in the two to maybe two and a half million. I don't even know if it gets that high, but he plays center ice for the blues, which they're going to need a centerman. And if he's healthy and things are back to where they need to be, that could be a heck of a player for the blues.
4: Yeah. I think that's the type of a player that we're talking about when we're having this conversation is he's going to try to fill these gaps. It's got to be on the cheap rib and it's going to be on these one or two year deals. So, You know, a Sean Monahan type of name, you know, isn't a name that, you know, I sit here and say, I don't think so. I think he could be that type of player. Uh, I don't know the injury history, but I am looking at his hockey DB now, and he's uh, 25 games played last year. So certainly this guy isn't going to be a $3 million player for you. So he's got experience. You're looking at nearly 700-plus. NHL games and a guy that fits what I think is the description of the players that uh, Doug Armstrong's looking for.
2: JR, what, uh, what are you hearing out there right now regarding the salary cap? Because talking to some people uh, with the NHL PA as well as some current players, there is a thought that it might go up to as much as $3 million, that the million-dollar cap or hard ceiling that they put on it is now flexible based on the amount of money they've been able to pay back to the owners, to the escrow account. So what are you hearing?
4: Yeah, some talk about that. You know, I think that all along they said a million was guaranteed uh, to jump uh, and that uh, it could be more than that. You know, I didn't think we'd ever going to see four or five this year or or next year. Uh, So could it get to three? Yeah, I think with the money paid back in the escrow, there's a possibility. I haven't heard anything official, but, you know, people around the league talk about uh, it possibly being more than a million dollars. So certainly that would be welcome news to a lot of teams around the league. You know, the one question that I have is if the Blues are in a retool, and I asked Doug Armstrong this going back a few months, Riv, I I, I said, you know, Tom Stillman and his ownership group, they've been terrific about letting the Doug Armstrong spend through the cap year after year after year. Do you do that during a retool? And, and Doug Armstrong's answer was uh, you almost have to, like, contractually, you got a lot of guys under contract, so you're not going to be able to pull back too far anyway. Uh, but when you're talking about being 6.7 million under right now, he was talking about spending another four million, which puts you right next to the cap. So if it does go up, not just a million, but to three million, you know, does ownership approve Doug to be able to spend that more? Certainly, it would give them some more flexibility.
2: Yeah, I think they would, and the reason is is that you know Army uh he has a certain obligation he feels to the fan base for this team to get into the playoffs uh year in and year out and you know as well as i do jr the revenue that can come from a playoff series alone can almost justify spending up to the cap sometimes
4: yeah it's about 1.5 the number used to be about a million i think per home playoff game but now i think it's closer to about 1.5 so you're just looking at it two playoff games get you your three million back but you know, some lost revenue this year, not making the playoffs. But I agree with you. I always look at it big picture. Like, if you're going to spend $82 million, what's 83 What's $84 million uh, if it can get to that player that can help you get into the playoffs?
1: Jeremy Rutherford is our Blues insider with The Athletic. He joins us right now in the fast Line on 101 ESPN. Uh, what are some other storylines, Jer? Because you're constantly you going to be thinking about unique uh, columns and things like that that you do for the athletic what's another angle this offseason that you may you may dive into when it comes to this blues team
4: yeah i think a couple of things uh, working on something here shortly and riv uh, this goes back to you know kind of your days uh, doug wait keith kachuk uh, several years ago signed uh, i'm sorry we're traded to another team and then return to St. Louis the following year. And that's the situation you have with Ryan O'Reilly, who I just talked about. And so I put an email out to uh, the league, how many guys have done that? How many guys have have, uh, been traded and re-signed with their uh, former team? And it's not a big number. It's uh, about 32 guys in the last 20 years with uh, Doug Waite and Keith Kachuk being two of the bigger names on that list. So I'm going to talk to a few of those guys about why they came back. Did they sell their house? What did they do? Uh, Why do they want to come back? They love the city. They love the team, and see how this fits with uh, Ryan O'Reilly and a potential return.
1: Jr. Appreciate you. Love having you on the show. Good luck, uh, you know, with the the your off season work, and we'll be keeping an eye on it at the athletic. Yep,
4: drafts just around the corner, and uh, you know we'll pay attention to this Toronto GM search. But like I said, guys, I don't expect it to lo- include Doug Armstrong, but we'll keep an eye on that.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Jr. Yep. See ya. That's at JP Rutherford on Twitter. If you want to give Jeremy Rutherford a follow, you probably already are. But again, JP Rutherford. It's Fast Lane on one hundred and one ESPN. Which quarterbacks have the most to lose? We talked about the most to gain. What about the most to lose? We'll discuss that
0: next on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. <laughs>
1: today's show we talked about which quarterbacks have the most to gain some of the quarterbacks that we threw out there i i had mentioned jared goff jamie you talked about justin fields marsh you asked about anthony richardson the rookie quarterback for the colts i threw out Derek carr as well most to gain how about most to lose
2: this one's always fun anthony who stands to
1: lose the most and again, I guess you can go in different different ways here. You could go public perception. You could go standing within an organization. You could go financially. Who you guys looking at?
3: I think we start right from right from the top. We get it out of the way, Anthony. Aaron Rodgers. A-A-Ron? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron
2: Ron. Oh, he's got a bad calf, guys. He pulled his calf at warm-ups the other day. He did. I think he's got... I think he absolutely has the most to lose because of the whole like dramatic long drawn out process of this trade to the Jets and now the Jets acting and whatever like they're Super Bowl contenders if, if they go 500 or don't even make the playoffs like that's a massive failure for the individual and the club mm-hmm. so and the lights are always bright in New York so he If you have a crappy season in Green Bay it's a very popular football team I understand that but it's not the New York media in your face every day at practice I know Aaron Rodgers has been under a lot of media attention no matter what but it's gonna get even worse playing in New York
1: I think the Jets have the most to lose I don't know about I don't know about Rogers just cuz he doesn't care he don't care, guys. Whatever, Anthony. He the go question, in is dark hole. The, drink his ayahuasca juice and be done with him.
2: The question wasn't if the quarterback cares about losing, it's at who has the most to lose.
1: I agree with you guys that the team that Aaron Rodgers plays for has the most to lose. Okay. What about the legacy that you brought up? The
3: contracts, all that stuff. I feel like Aaron Rodgers' legacy I even I, I, I hate talking about legacy, but like it, it sort of is on the line. I guess. I mean, he made such a big deal about not I wanting to be in Green Bay anymore, but actually, Green Bay didn't want me in there anymore. At but. the end of the
1: day,
2: but does this really affect his legacy? Like, if it's a one-year deal, no. Like, if it's one year so. of his career and then he retires after, like, no one's gonna remember. Like, nobody remembers Brett Favre in what Minnesota.
3: I do the
2: Jets. The Jets. Whatever, right? <laughs> like, when you think of Brett Favre, you don't Either think of patterns. that as his legacy. No.
1: No, you think of that, you think of uh, Crocs. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Orange Crocs. Yep. at that, that, too. Yeah.
1: That's that's basically what you think about with, with, with Brett Favre. Amateur photographer. That guy. Yeah. Clean it up a little bit. Must have been
2: cold. Uh, if
1: the... if the I'm just going just gonna to keep going here. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. If if Aaron Rodgers struggles and the New York Jets miss the playoffs, who gets criticized? The Jets or Rodgers?
2: Rodgers, Rogers, for think sure. The Jets.
1: What? Yeah, everybody everybody makes excuses for Aaron Rodgers. But the, always have, always will.
3: But the Jets have always been bad. You know, like they're you not. You tell gonna... that to Joe Namath.
2: <laughs> you brought in Joe Namath to this discussion? Put your finger down, Anthony. Oh, my God. Joe Namath in the building. (laughs) My goodness.
1: All right. I think the quarterback that's got the most to lose, there's a couple of them. I think at the top of the list for me is one Mac Jones. Last year, you could say, hey, they hired a special teams coordinator and a defensive guy to be your offensive play callers. That doesn't make sense this year though they actually brought in somebody who knows how to call plays and knows how to design an offense so what will be mac jones's excuse this year i think mac jones has a lot to lose this season including his damn job so i'm gonna go with mac jones first and foremost
2: yeah i just don't know if he's that relevant like (sighs)
1: Won a national championship. Yeah, but it,
2: within, the, with, like in the with, with, with the grand scheme of the league, I don't know if Mac Jones <laughs> is like, I don't. He he's for not, the Patriots. Yeah, I know. And again, we didn't even know last year who's the other guy. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi,
1: <laughs> Western Kentucky. Yeah, like, also, Mac Jones.
2: Yeah, junior. Looks just like it. two yeah. Whatever it is. That's why I don't feel like Mac Jones has a lot to lose because Bill Belichick could just be like, Yeah, give me the next guy.
1: Exactly, he loses his job.
2: Yeah. All right. I We're, guess fair enough that way. What about uh, Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. I, don't See, I feel know like that. we
3: could have said the same thing last year too. And yeah. then they had to go out and get another quarterback. Guys,
2: what about Lamar
3: Jackson?
1: I think now that he got paid, I don't view him as somebody that that has a that has a ton of to lose.
2: Take the money out of it. Take the money out of it. Like he he. Dug in his heels, negotiate for himself this whole thing—the talking to other teams—and then oh, we, the marriage is back together again, mm-hmm. back in Baltimore. And let's say they go and miss the playoffs. Like, don't you consider that a failure? And yes. Lamar Jackson might be like, "You did this."
1: It would absolutely be a failure. That's yes. the way I looked at it. If you if you go that route, so if you take the money out of it, the quarterback that I think that has that's got more to lose from that standpoint, same conference, Josh Allen. Yeah, I was
2: looking at that too. Mm-hmm.
1: At what point do we and and he's he is a great quarterback okay a great regular season quarterback had that one brilliant moment at Arrowhead in a loss not his fault but what do we do to great quarterbacks they start they start to they start to show promise they're exciting they win a playoff game. We anoint them as the net the next dude. And then we tear them down. And then we tear them apart. I think Josh Allen is is on that line to be ripped to shreds. This happens to every I, I'm not saying that to every quarterback, because there's a lot of quarterbacks we don't we don't care about. Josh Allen we have cared about.
3: Like Jamie doesn't care about Mac Jones.
1: Right. He doesn't care, Mac yeah. Jones irrelevant. Josh Allen has had the Bills in the playoffs, and we always get to a point where, what, when is he going to take the team? There is, there is a natural evolution when it comes to quarterbacks.
2: If we're going down that route, if we're picking first-round picks, and da, 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 da. no, we don't have to do that. I'm just saying, Trey Lance. Dude. What about him?
1: What about him? He's a backup. Brock Purdy. Bert- it's Bet's Brock Purdy's show.
2: Who is yet to throw football, by the way? Yeah, Tommy John. He'd be fine. He didn't have surgery. They he thought opted about. Out. He thought about Tommy John.
3: Yeah. I think the quarterback that has the most to lose could be Tua. Well, his career. You yeah. Know, well, I mean, that's, that's, where, that's. I mean, the way, boy, you a really, a cheap yeah, shot, really. Yeah, cheese. Really? You You
2: said some low things on these airwaves. That was pretty low. I
1: mean, Anthony, I was. I'm disgusted. I, I, I'm Jamie. I apologize for for Marsh with that comment. I don't
2: even know if you can. He's already. It's out there in the universe now.
1: I mean, Tua, I looked at Tua, I said, "I'm not even gonna go that route because I'm not gonna thing. talk Part about a, I'm not gonna talk about a guy's career. Oh, yes,
2: lose his career, his, his life, maybe. His Andrew? Concussions. Oh my goodness! The hell are you doing?
1: You know, I don't. I don't typically do this, Marsh, but as essentially the the, the middle child on this show, the, the middle brother, mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, you got you got a long way to go in terms of growing up. <laughs> Is that so?
2: (laughs) Clean it up, man. Seriously. Coming from
3: two highly respected individuals. (laughs) The most mature adults I've ever met in my life. Learn.
1: From
2: our mistakes, we've, we've told you we've that. we told about you that a ton, so, Marsh. So many different things. You're a
1: young man. We have really illustrated what not to do
2: in Ooh. in multiple ways. We have created your map to success. Yeah. As you look at our failures, <laughs> that's okay? correct. That's
1: the map, and I just go the opposite direction. <laughs> I mean, it is maybe live in color, full detail. Don't do this. You're
3: Time welcome, line.
2: Jamie and Anthony. Of all the mistakes. Yeah. Oh,
3: man.
1: <laughs> I kind of want to do the mistakes. <laughs> Come to the dark side. You'll have some fun, and you'll pay for it. Yeah, it's you a, will. It's the Fastlane on Still 101 paying. ESPN. Are the Cardinals now actually the team to beat? There was a an article that actually said that. They're a the team to beat.
2: Arizona Cardinals?
1: <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't them. That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: what i just saw anthony my god i I don't even know what
1: that was i had one for you yesterday too that caught you i think my one of my main goals every show now is to get jamie to laugh right as the mics crack i got you yesterday and i got i just got you there
2: well i looked at you over here and the music kicked in and you looked like (laughs) my old uncle ned at the wedding when his favorite song kicked in and he had the arms and legs and hips going. It looked like he was listening to a different song than what was playing, but
1: boy, he loved it. And who, stole, who, who always steals the show when it comes to your weddings now? Uncle Ed. Uncle Ned. Ed. <laughs> Ned. Uncle Ned. Ned. You love him.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like an uncle. S, uh, SI.com says that the Cardinals, yes, the fourth place Cardinals, MLB's team to beat, no really, Writes Tom Verducci he says less than three weeks ago the Cardinals were buried in last place after 34 games and uh, they're scapegoating their catcher. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Now they look like the best team in the NL Central as uh, you know the 2005 Astros and the 19 Nationals teams can attest to. They seemed hopelessly under 500 at one point, two months into the season, and then rallied to win a pennant. So Tom Verducci thinks that the Cardinals are the 2005 Astros and the 2019 Nationals and will go on to win a pennant. Your thoughts, Jamie.
2: That's pretty accurate, Anthony.
1: Okay. Um, the 2019 Nationals, by the way, uh, everybody...
2: Oh, they were an absolute disaster. It, they were... Like
1: halfway through the season. They certainly were. Yeah. Do you remember who their pitching staff was? Oh, I'm,
2: do I ever, I'm Anthony. sure most of
1: cardinal nation does
2: yeah i remember uh very well and that's something that the cardinals don't have
1: that's that's correct
2: yeah that's the that's the one um not the one but certainly the biggest differentiator between the Mm -hmm. nationals of 2019 and your current st louis cardinals yeah
1: yeah they um
2: they had max
1: scherzer a healthy steven strasburg patrick corbin back back when patrick corbin could pitch and uh Annabelle Sanchez, yeah,
2: Annabel Sanchez, who Dude, that came in came and in almost
1: no hit the Cardinals <laughs>
2: absolutely shocked, yeah.
1: So I don't see it, Jamie. Uh, I don't see. I don't see this. Yeah. When I'm thinking of the Cardinals' current rotation, I don't mean to be mean. Maybe I'm off on this. I don't see
2: Max Scherzer when I look at uh, Miles Michaelis. No, you're right with that. Um, now I think. I think what Tom Verducci was saying ultimately is that there could be the turnaround like that because the Cardinals were were buried in last place so much so that we were like looking to next year already. And not to not that we were just jumping off the bandwagon, but we were, like it was bad. It it showed no signs of getting better. Mm-hmm. And then the Contreras thing and all that, and we're like, oh my, this is really not great. not great. It's turned around. You know, the Cardinals are five and a half games back right now currently Uh, behind the Milwaukee Brewers, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing in this division. Nothing. So the turnaround that the Cardinals could have will match, in theory, what the Nationals were able to do. Now what they do from there, again, it goes back to the pitching for me. All roads, for all of us, lead back to the pitching because the Nationals came back and were able to get into the playoffs. Then they had a lot of lockdown. Had a couple of hot bats, certainly. But the pitchers were just like, we're done here. Yeah. And literally, Cardinals, you're done scoring runs. Like, you won't score runs in this series against us. Literally. After you just put up massive numbers against the Braves, you will not score runs against us. And hope they didn't.
1: Hope you enjoyed that first inning, Cardinals. I <laughs> yeah,
2: hope you like that one time it. where you put up lots of runs. And so, for me, that's it. Like, I, I totally believe the Cardinals will win their division. I 100% believe the Cardinals will get into the playoffs this year. I also 100% don't believe in this team past that. And I don't mean in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Just who's your lockdown guy? You don't have one. You don't have one. Now, you, you could go get one. You're 100% right. If the text line is tripping, you go get a starter. You could do this, you could do that. You can. You could get a starter. You can. You're going to get a frontline guy? No. And you're not, not going to get a, a a Scherzer or a Verland or a Strasburg or like you're not going to get one of those guys unless somehow you're so crafty to where Corbin Burns ends up being traded because the Brewers don't really care about winning and they want to recoup some assets like they did last year by trading Hader, unless John Mosellock is so crafty to work into a three-way trade to where he literally rips him away from the Brewers without them knowing, Yeah, that's the only guy that I see out there that, that is a, like a sure thing difference maker.
1: A lot of people will say Shane Bieber for <sighs> Cleveland. Shane Bieber is put... Well, his, why would the
2: Guardians part with him?
1: Well, that's, that's one thing. Yes, exactly. If, Cleveland, if Cleveland's in in the mix here, are they going to part with their ace? The other thing, and I realize again, understand that I'm saying this. He's got a 3.08 ERA. Okay, 3.08 ERA. He might as well be Bob Gibson, based on what what we currently have here in St. Louis. Okay, but a lot of the underlying metrics indicate that Shane Bieber is going to struggle. He's been he's been getting hit hard. The exit velo off of opponents' bats. It, 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 terrible for Bieber they're barreling him up he doesn't walk anybody he does get some chase not a high strikeout guy at this point in the season again, 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 again I realize he's got a 308 the underlying metrics indicate that this this guy's going to fall off soon so I'm just saying it. I don't think that Shane Bieber based on what you have to give up for him because he's 27 years old and at, at one point and even now is a frontline starter, but I, I don't like a lot of the, the underlying statistics here that, 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 that accompany Shane, Shane Bieber's profile right now.
2: Yeah. Andy, let me ask you a question. If you were to pull up the Toronto Blue Jays roster mm-hmm. and you looked at their pitching staff primarily, who on that pitching staff interests you? And I ask that for a very specific reason, because the Toronto Blue Jays are in a very competitive division. They're eight and a half games back of the Rays, the Orioles, and the Yankees. The odds of the Blue Jays making the playoffs are not great based upon the success of those teams and some of the other teams. Maybe you can go pick their pocket, because that was supposed to be a World Series contending team. Who have they got in their pitching rotation that has an expiring contract or something like... I just... That's what I look at. I want to find... Because I can look at all the crap teams in the bottom of the division and go, "Ah, we're just getting their crap, right? Correct. But I look at the Toronto Blue Jays, they're the outlier. That's supposed to be a contending team, and they may turn it around, and this could be all a moot point, this discussion, but if it continues to go the way it Mm -hmm. What about that? Who do they got?
1: I mean, I love the idea if they're willing if they're willing to trade. Uh, I love the idea. the The issue is, as you just mentioned, that was a team that was built to win, to contend. Alec Manoa is having a rough year, but he's twenty five. I don't think they're willing to give up their future. They're they're like the guy. They, they, this is their young stud. Kevin Gosman would be the next guy that you'd be interested in, and boy, he would look good in a Cardinals uniform. But they gave him a bunch of money. I don't know about his contract. I don't know if he's got some no trade clause you know wrapped up in there chris bassett is a guy that i always go to when it's like hey who else did you want chris bassett this off season Uh i think he's somebody that got a decent decent contract because he's coming off a good year but i don't think that's somebody that one the blue jays would be willing to to part with nor do i think the cardinals would be would be necessarily interested in him and then uh who else am i missing who's throwing tonight for them Oh, Kikuchi. I, I don't. He's a left left-handed guy. I don't think. I don't think he makes a lot of sense for you either.
2: I like the idea I don't mind though. him. Mm-hmm.
1: You
3: got left You're good.
1: Yeah. I guess Stephen Matz. He's going tonight.
3: The thing with the Blue exactly. Jays and that whole division is that whole division is literally the best division in baseball, and they're only two games out of a wild card spot. And since you add more teams to the mix after last season. They're going to be floating around that you know that wild card spot for probably the entire year.
1: But I like what Jamie's doing here. Trade with a team that knows what it's doing for sure. I think too many times. And Marsh, I agree with you. I don't think the, I don't think the Blue Jays wind up being that team. But how it's many? An idea, it, I and I like it, Jamie. How many times do you say okay? Who's the worst team? Because they're likely to trade. Mm-hmm. They also are the worst team for a reason. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And I think a lot of the times you see a big trade that goes down. And you see a a good player on a bad team go to a contender and they look completely overwhelmed. I remember Sonny Gray a couple of years ago. Sonny Gray was the A's top top pitcher, and the Yankees said, Okay, give me give me some Sonny Gray. He really struggled in New York. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo for all those years, right? He was the, the one of the Rangers best players for a while until they decided to open up the piggy bank and spend big. Joey Gallo gets to New York, and maybe it's just a New York thing, but he gets there, he's terrible. Frankie Montas last year did not pitch well. Plus, now he's he's hurt. I think when you when you start to work with bad teams, you you basically get players that look better than what they are because they're pitching or playing for a bad team. Why don't you go with uh, Jamie? Use the Blue Jays. Well,
2: I'm looking at the Padres too. The Padres would be like, real interesting. Would the Padres deal with the Cardinals?
1: We'll answer that first in our Sports Six Pack next on 101 ESPN.
0: I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
3: Asking me all these weird questions.
0: Answer the question. Answer the question? Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
1: Time for the Sports Six back in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. 506. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson and Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex Jeweler. Time for the question Sports. 6-pack. Question number one. So Jamie, Jamie posed the question of what about the Padres? Could the Padres be a team that the, the Cardinals could they could they be a fit? If I'm the Padres and I'm I mean, they're eight games back right now in the NL West, I don't think the Diamondbacks are what they're doing is sustainable. I don't think the the you know the giants are going to be right around 500. If the Padres are behind at the deadline, they have to sell. How else are you going you're you're not going to be able to pay everybody. You're going to have to start shipping people off. The problem is what you know okay, why are they struggling? Well, their their pitching staff hasn't been great. But Jamie, I think that that is a team in theory that makes a lot of sense to be a trade partner. Again, if they're behind. Now we we're getting questions about Michael Walker in the offseason. Michael Walker's pitched pitched very well for the Padres. Maybe he makes sense. Somebody's not going to break the bank. Blake Snell. I I was going to look up his contract. He's not, he hasn't been great, but we know at one point he was he was pitching at a very high level. That team could make sense.
2: That's the one I, you know, like again, it's kind of using the same mentality as the the Blue Jays thing. Yeah, the similarities though, are there because Padres are in you know, the, the Dodgers. I don't think anybody's catching the Dodgers, but the Diamondbacks and the Giants that, that could fall apart in a hurry. And you know, Padres find their way into the playoffs or hover as close as they can to the wild card, so that they're not in you know in in the mood to clear out a bunch of guys. So we'll see. Um, some interesting thoughts there. You know, Blake Snell for sure is a guy that uh, I think, you know, he's got a lot of experience, he's certainly pitched at a high level, he's a, and, and certainly pitched deep into the World Series championship so much so he probably should have left him in there, maybe, <laughs> sort of, I don't know. Anyway, it's just just some thoughts, poking around a little
1: bit, Anthony. The other team, real quick, that we've brought up before, that I'm sure the tax line is, is also talking about, is the White Sox. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are loaded with young pitching, It they're underachieving. If I'm the White Sox, I'm still building around that young pitching. I don't know how you get bad. I don't know how you correct things by trading away good young pitchers that are just underachieving. I think you keep them and, and you just keep you keep going here and you be a little patient even though the fan base is probably screaming at you for the White Sox, but that's another team that, that if you're the Cardinals, you're, you're going to be calling about. They've okay. got Lucas Giolito and Michael Kolpak and Dylan Cease. Again, I don't know how interested the White Sox are in dealing them guys, but... Those would be the first names I'd be calling about.
2: What? Let me ask you this. Why would you deal them?
1: I wouldn't if I'm the White Sox.
2: Like, I'd build pitching. around them. I'd rather take the bumps in the road and have the fan base, you know, shake their fist at me. Right. Than to... Shake sh- it right back. Yeah. Right in their face. Yeah. But I'd rather keep the young pitchers. Agreed. Mm. Question two, please.
0: Question number <laughs> two.
3: Yeah, we've been getting a, a few texts about Jamie Ben. He received his suspension... Today, Two games. Uh, what do you think about it?
2: Yeah, I i mean, it's absolutely. I watched it again in here and I was like, oh, my gosh. I cannot believe he tried to sell us a used car <laughs> in the form of I fell and I went to break my fall with my stick and it just happened to catch his face. It's terrible, terrible argument. I sure hope he didn't use that when talking to the league. But it it's the playoffs. So every game, it, it counts like two so two game suspension like a four game suspension mhm and so i think yes two games is the right number for that incident and again if you go and look at it at no point is he even stumbling or tripping or falling and then he makes the conscious decision to drop down all of his body weight with a cross check to mark stone's head so um tough road ahead for the dallas stars down 3 nothing in that series now you're missing your captain uh, we'll see what happens but i think that one is over
1: all i keep picturing now after you said i fell down is austin powers i fell over
0: (laughs) fell over again
1: that's basically jamie ben i'm mark stone's face question number three from the 636
3: who do you believe will have a better career nolan gorman or jordan walker
2: Ooh, that's spicy, as the kids say, Marshy.
1: Nolan Gorman, of course. What we're seeing now is forever. Nolan it, Gorman. It might be forever DeYoung. Forever, forever DeYoung. De young, that's right. Baby. That's a great nickname you came up with there,
2: Jamie. Oh, you're welcome. Um, man, I don't know. It's so. This is such a tough question, right? Because Jordan Walker could become way more than Nolan Gorman. But Nolan Gorman last year, when we looked at him and the way he was swinging the bat and it just was it was it was fine wasn't great you'd think to yourself there's no way that guy will ever have a career like Jordan Walker is going to have fast forward to now he's one of the most dominant hitters in all of baseball and you're sitting here now with the argument of well Walker might go through some of the same growing pains as Nolan Gorman did Mm -hmm. as we saw he has different issues and circumstances but still he's not you know he's not he's not even in the majors right now yeah so that's a really tough question i i i don't know I think,
1: say it jamie it's nolan gorman
2: i think it's jordan walker okay i do you know talking to bt a while ago and, and be talking bt talking to some of the people in the organization they believe that not only is jordan walker going to make a big difference at the plate but they do believe that he has gold glove capabilities in the outfield And i know that's hard to imagine having watched what we watched at the start of the season but Twenty years old, his first stint in the majors. Things are a little bit uh, different. But Jordan Walker. Question number four
3: from the three one four. Did you guys see Lamar Jackson saying that he expects to run less and throw the ball more? Do you think he will find success with that?
2: Um, I find it odd for him to declare that. I, I don't know if I would say anything to the media about what my thoughts are regarding the offense. Quite honestly, you got a brand new offensive coordinator in there. Why don't we just let him do his job and not talk about running less and passing more? Just how about you just get under center, make that 190 million guaranteed, and come up with a game plan with the coach and and, and do it right. I wouldn't why is he worried about running less? I know because he ran a lot last year, and he doesn't want to just become a running quarterback. But I don't think anybody in the NFL thinks he's just a running quarterback. The guy's a—he's a former MVP winner.
1: Yeah, I always thought he was a better passer than than what he was able to to show over the last couple of years. Because I mean, Jamie, I was bitching about Greg Roman three years ago, the offense coordinator, the former offense coordinator for Baltimore. Now you got Todd Monken in. Todd Monken—he's—he's he's not Andy Reid, but he's—he is significantly better. Designing plays that are going to allow Lamar Jackson to showcase his passing ability play calling matters play design matters Look at what Sean McVay was able to do for Jared Goff Look what Ben Carson's been able to do for Jared Goff in between you've had you know a a pretty bad quarterback At times or early in his career. I don't think it was just because Jared Goff showed up and you know He's a young quarterback. That's that struggled it had, it had a lot to do with Jeff Fisher and who Jeff Fisher was appointing as offensive coordinator. I think certain play callers can unlock quarterbacks. You give Patrick Mahomes to most offensive coordinators, he's going to be he's going to be great. With Andy Reid, he's a two-time Super Bowl winner. I think that's that's the difference a lot of times. So with Todd Munkin going back to Baltimore, I think Lamar Jackson's gonna have a better shot of showcasing his passing ability now that he's got uh, how do I put this? A real offense coordinator.
0: Question number five. Yeah, I said
3: it. From the six one eight, do you believe the Boston Celtics have any chance in coming back against the Heat?
1: I do. I do. They've got Jason Tatum. They've got a really good team, really good roster. What, Jamie? What? Oh, keep going. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, Jason Tatum, the, the pride of St. Louis. You got a problem with that?
2: No, not at all. What's your problem?
1: Uh, you just had a disgusting look on your face when I brought up the pride of St. Louis, one of the prides of St. Louis. Jason I nothing Tatum. nothing to do with that.
2: Okay. At all. Yes, I do. It's mostly your breath. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we're far enough away. Are we? I've got no comeback. But the Celtics do. They're going to come back.
2: Wow. So, uh, are on the board, Anthony.
1: Okay. feel pretty safe about this. We don't have a board anymore. They ripped it down.
2: It's your did. They're tired of it. Mm-hmm. Question number six.
1: We made it six? We did.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. This isn't a question, it's a statement from the 6-1 uh, hate, asking if Jamie was on drugs, um, because the Cardinals, in the 6-1 hate's opinion, will not win the division, with Steven Matz pitching and the other four starters, saying that Wayno went five last night, we had cheered him on, he should go six minimum, or get off the team.
2: The same with all the "quote unquote" worthless starters. What's your response to that? Well, my first response was when he came after me and said, "Or you can ignore me." I wrote back, "I would never ignore you. You make me smile."
1: I've seen
3: it.
2: That is factual. It is six one eight. You make me smile. Now your hatred for the Cardinals is quite disturbing. Um, Hold on, he doesn't hate the Cardinals. Well, he, expe- Anthony, he, he, he expects he, more. But it comes across as hatred. I agree with
3: no, I agree with Anthony. I think I think he hates the people that are running his favorite team. Because he expects he expects a team to be better. To be to be better, to be competitive, to win championships.
2: Because he continuously brings up negative things about the Cardinals. He doesn't celebrate any of the good things. That's also a fair point. Like it's not like he's like, hey, Goldie with two bombs last night's too bad uh Wayno couldn't get to six innings though. Like it's never a you know, like mm-hmm. hey, how about Nolan Gorman hitting off of lefties? Finally, they're listening to you guys or something. And then it's but it's just like wow, that guy sucks. This guy sucks. The president of baseball operation, I don't like it. Like if he was truly a fan of the team, he'd be happy with something that goes on, at least one thing in each game.
3: He must have high expectations.
2: Well, the expectations don't get better than two for two to start the game and two home runs for Goldie. Like, I'd be like, wow, Goldie smashed it last night. Too bad, though. We gave up five runs and couldn't get out of five innings again. Like, see what I'm saying? That's a fan. I just think he hates the team.
1: He doesn't hate the team.
2: He doesn't.
1: What he's saying is you can't win a division if your pitching
2: isn't good enough. And I agree with him. I understand that, but he says all of these things every day. There's never any positivity to it. In fact, you know what, Anthony? I know why you're defending him. Are you he's, related? He's positive that the Cardinals won't win the division if the pitching stinks.
1: Oh, that's what he's positive
3: about. He's probably wondering, you know how how will the Cardinals, you know, approach Wainwright if you know if he stays pitching at this level that he's at right
1: now? You know, they're going to approach him with a red jacket. That's where that's where they're going to approach him. You're not wrong. Are we clear now?
2: Nope.
1: In fairness to the 618, he has been steady. He has been consistent. He hasn't, you know, rode the roller coaster like we all have. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay? Yeah, well, if the roller coaster just stays at the bottom and never goes anywhere, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Oh, we got a response. From the 618. When good things happen, I shouldn't have to say woohoo. They should just be good. Whew. Alrighty. I think that uh, we'll just leave that right out there in the universe.
1: Looks like Anthony agrees with him. Oh, boy. How will the Cardinals approach Wayno if he stays at this level of pitching? That's what Marsh just asked, and I said with a red jacket. I have a feeling, based on some comments that Jamie made earlier in the show, he disagrees. <laughs> That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: I'm not that mentally weak where a park can be in your head, and every year um, I leave I leave here saying that this is, you know, the devil's lair again. So <laughs> today I went into it going, you know what, I've had a bad history here, but today's a new day. It's really hard to hit a baseball. It's not easy to score runs in the big leagues. I came in with, like, such a positive attitude. It's still the devil's
1: lair. That's Adam Wainwright talking about the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. He's had some issues there, guys. I don't know it's if you've not seen not the numbers. Great to me. But, uh, yeah, he calls it the devil's lair. Called it the devil's lair a couple of times last night. Yeah, Triple down, I think, Mm. at one point. Maybe. Mm -hmm. So, how will the Cardinals approach Wayno if he stays at this level of pitching? I hate to break it to you guys. (sighs) I don't know if you agree with me, but um, I don't think they're going to do anything. I don't think they'll do a damn thing. I don't think that they're going to approach him and say, hey, do you want to go to the bullpen or worse? I think this is just how it's going to be, and Adam Wainwright is going to have to figure it out. And in games that he pitches, if he pitches like he did last night, which was not great, you hope that the offense supplies him with enough run support, he can get to his 200-plus wins, and um, you celebrate what has turned out to be a great career.
2: And I'm being honest, I don't know what you do with it. I don't either. This is a, this is always the toughest situations. So the Cardinals almost had this exact situation last year mm-hmm. with Albert Pujols. Right. There's, there's been you know, rumor or word that, you know Albert Pujols was having meetings and and whatnot about maybe possibly walking away or retiring. Because he wasn't being productive and he didn't feel like he was helping the team, and and so that was tough. But then he went to the home run derby and rediscovered baseball again, and absolutely raked for the rest of the year. So it was a moot point. Yeah, Ollie
1: told him to shut his mouth and hit home runs, and um, he did.
2: <laughs> well done by Ollie. Yeah. Um, but now with Adam Wainwright, like I don't know how you handle it. I really don't. I, I can sit here and be critical all I want and say that. Wayno's not pitching well, um, that the underlying numbers aren't very good, all of those things. But I can't disrespect what he's done. And I know that's in the past, but you as an organization made a very conscious decision to give him $17 million in the offseason to come back for another season. So you told said individual that you believed in him so much that I believe he's the highest paid starter on the roster. So how can you expect him now to just out of nowhere just say, oh, I'm... You know you're going to be relegated to the bullpen, or ooh, you have an injury for the rest of the season. Like, I don't know how you do that. Adam Wainwright's a prideful guy. This is why he's been so successful in his career, is because he plays with that chip on his shoulder. He always believes he's got a strikeout. He always believes he has a complete game in him. Like this, that that competitive nature inside him is what has fueled the animal for all these years to make him what he is. Mm-hmm. Now you just want him to turn it off, right? I, I don't know how you handle this as the Cardinals. I, I think you just hope and pray that he continues to just give you some innings and that it's not bad.
1: You know how you handle it? You wear it. Because the last couple of years, that's what Adam Wainwright has done. You've had injuries to your starters, and he's eight in, eight, eight innings. There have been you know two seasons ago, he was it, basically. Every five days, Adam Wainwright went out there and he shoved. And last year, when you had him and, and Michaelis, and then you had a bunch of other injuries. Flaherty couldn't stay healthy. Mats couldn't stay healthy. You had, you had Wainwright for most of the season until the end of the year and Miles Michaelis, and that was it. And until the final month of the season where he didn't pitch well, Adam Wainwright's been a stud for you the last the last couple of years. Oh, 100%. Eat innings. So you're, gonna, you're just going to have to wear it. And I don't like it from the from a competitive standpoint but that's the situation so you wear it and you hope or you go to guys like miles michaelis and steven matz and jack flaherty and say now it's your turn to pick it up because this guy picked it up the last two years let's call it what it is He, he has not pitched well he hasn't pitched well since what august of last year but he's meant the world to your organization. It's his final season. He's trying to get you know the 200 wins. You go out there and you support him. That's all you can do. And in the meantime, other guys have to step up, and you as a front office have to step up. As soon as you have an opportunity to upgrade this rotation, that's what you do. But in the meantime, if Adam Wainwright goes out there and he's basically what he was last night, you go with it. You wear it.
2: Well, it's still early too. Maybe not in the season, but for Adam Wainwright, yeah, you know, he, he, he just. Got here what two weeks ago, maybe maybe a little more than that. I don't know. Kent, the timeline is a little blurry, but he was injured to start the season, went down, had an assignment, a rehab assignment. So maybe he's yet, maybe he's yet to have his Albert Pujols turnaround. I don't mean as dramatic as yeah. what Albert did last year, because you know I don't I don't think Wayno has the you know 10 11 Ks and many more in, in mm-hmm. a game and things like that. But maybe he finds his groove, and maybe he gives you. Five, six on good nights, but five innings of you know, solid baseball, maybe giving up two or three runs in a game. It's, right. not, it's not ideal, but you can live it's with it. It's competitive. Right. It's competitive, and it might still be better than some of the other guys you have in your rotation. Let's not forget that. Right. You know, we're sitting here talking about Adam Wainwright. Oh, how are we going to deal with this? How do we deal with the other guys?
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: If they don't pick it up. So I say you hand the guy the ball, you let him go to work, and – Adam Wainwright is a competitive guy. He'll find a way to help your team.
1: That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stultz. It's the Lane on 101 ES- ESPN. We need a new Beat the Streak contestant, so just text in BTS. You have an opportunity to play Beat the Streak, which we're going to do next because we're 10 minutes before first pitch at the Great American Devils. Next on 101 ESPN.
0: <laughs> we're right back to the Lane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good I want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle.
1: All right, we're three minutes away from first pitch at the great american ballpark in cincinnati where steven mats will take on ben lively and we have jason who's joining us for a new beat the streak after our guy robert yesterday unfortunately had nolan Arenado, and boy what a way to go out Arenado gets tossed midway through that game so jason now joins us what's up jason what's going on guys how are we doing good thanks for playing today thank you for having me all right jamie you have the longest streak i believe march you want to give us a quick quick update
3: yeah, so Jamie is at two. Anthony you're at one. I am at one and now Jason starts off He's of course at zero. All
1: right. Go ahead, Jamie
2: Guys, I'm about to do a first here for me I'm okay. going with the other team. What? Wow
1: He never believed in Stephen Math's Marsh. I told you that
2: Not a surprise Matt McLean. I was about to
1: say, you, get, you, you might as well go with the kid.
2: Oh, my God. Matt McLean. We got the lefty and Steven Matz pitching right into the righty there, who's been abusing the Cardinals here for the entire series so far. I haven't done it yet this year. I've never gone with the opposition. I feel like I have to. Matt McLean. Okay. Uh,
1: I had Jonathan India last night. I'm going to go with Jonathan India again tonight. He's back in the leadoff spot. Right-hander against Steven Matz. Figure I'm going to get a a couple of chances here to pick up a base hit. So, give me Jonathan India for a second straight night. Marsh, who do you got? I like the newt tonight. I think he's going to get on base a few times. One of those times is going to be a hit. All right. And Jason, your first selection for Beat the Streak. Who do you want?
2: Firm believer in riding the hot guy. Yeah. I'm going to go Oscar Mercado.
1: Nice. I have Oscar Mercado to hit a home run tonight. So, uh Jason, I hope you get that hit and I hope it's I hope it leaves the yard. You don't care. Okay. Jason, thank you, buddy. We'll see you. <laughs>
2: All right, thanks,
1: guys. All right, good luck to you. Bye-bye. See ya. I thought Jason and I had a connection for a second there. Like, hey, yeah. Oscar, he didn't I think
2: care. you guys had a bad connection. Yeah.
1: Like on the phone? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah.
2: Like literally. Yeah, not literally. Figuratively. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. All right.
1: Let's beat the streak here in the fast lane on one ESPN. You want to do biggest question of the day, Marsh? Yeah, I, are, can, I, are, kinda, gonna, I kinda I kind of want to do. It. Let's fire go, it. Off. Baby. Fire it.
0: It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
1: Go for it, Marsh.
3: All right, this one comes from Tom. Hey, Tom. How many innings. Does Stephen Matz need to go tonight in order for you to deem his start a successful one?
2: Woof. Um, well, wow. So for me, believe it or not, it doesn't have to go that deep into the game. He doesn't. He has to successfully go at least a certain number of innings as far as like, if he goes five innings and gives up two runs or less, I'm happy. I feel like he's giving you an, opp- an opportunity to win six would be great uh, but it really hasn't been the norm so I'm going to do the five and dive with Steven Matz and I'm satisfied if when he leaves a game the opposition's only scored two runs.
1: Quality start you gotta start rack- racking up quality starts. That should be the expectation
2: that's, that's way too high. You the get the expectations ball, are too high.
1: Qual- quality start every time you've had your fun. How many you- have they
2: had this year? Like one, no, they've had like what three, I think. They've had more than three. I Come don't on, think they
0: have. Terrible. Come
1: on, how many
3: quality? How, how many? It's many? been how many less QSs? than 10. I think it's less than 10. Oh, way more than
0: three. I
3: actually want to well, look this like up. Seven difference. Good math. I'm better than Anthony's.
2: I don't think they've had ah, ten. really two tens. You see, did you see that earlier? Yeah, I don't think they have 10 quality starts. I don't, I firmly believe that they don't have 10 quality. starts. Well, I look, think Jordan Montgomery, I actually feel. No, Monty's got like three of them. I
1: think they have. All right, I've got. I've got the official number.
2: I think it's like. Can we five guess? Or Is six. it under
1: ten? You can guess. I'm not going to give you any hints. Jamie,
2: I'll go with six. Marsh, you already said ten. I, I said it's. I'm going to let
1: I you. said under ten.
3: No, you said no, ten.
2: You, you said 10. you said
1: ten. What? I'm going to I'm going to stick you with ten. Let's go to the instant replay. We did ten. That's what you said.
3: If I had to say another number, I'd say eight, but fine. Marsh, oh
1: your God. official number Whatever. is ten quality because starts for the Cardinals like, this seven year.
2: seven more than yours. Remember?
1: Yeah. You ready? Jordan Montgomery has five quality starts this year. Miles McCullis has three quality oh. starts this year. Flaherty has at least one. Adam Wainwright has zero quality starts. Matthew Libertor in his one start, not quality. Steven Matz, zero quality starts. That leaves Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, two quality starts for a total of ten. Ah! Ten wow. quality starts for the Cardinals. Half of them belong to Jordan
2: Montgomery. Good job, Marshy. Good job.
1: I did go back
3: on it, though, because you sort of peer pressured me into... I was trying to force you to stick with Tim. Oh! I should have picked up on that.
2: So they've played 50 games. That's still (laughs) not great. They played 50 games to get 10 quality that's starts. That's so sad. That's why I was bringing up. That was my whole point. In the whole damn <laughs> that thing. That's terrible. And you are like, they got to rip out quality starts. Yeah, they do. They're getting one quality start, what, hey. every five games.
1: Hey, Jamie, they've had their fun. The starting <laughs> pitching staff, they've they, had their it, fun. You they've call been that terrible. Fun. They've been terrible. You're done now. You got to pick up quality starts. So that's the expectation. That's it. You're
2: just going to tell them? That's it? Yeah. That should work.
1: Words matter more than anything. Okay. Don't
3: actions actually mean more than no, words? No, it's a
1: myth. It's a myth, and you know it, Marsh. It's about words. Steven Matz, quality start. Let's go. Who got the base set? Somebody's on base already for the Cardinals.
3: Uh, Paul Goldschmidt
1: is on base. Anybody have Goldie? For a hit? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Man, we suck.
2: Gorman's up next. slam a lam ding dong Nah, it's gonna... Probably not.
1: Get all the way down to Oscar Mercado, and then he's going to go Yabo.
2: Oh, sure. You have the nine hole.
1: What you missed, it doesn't matter what hole you're in. It just matters. Yeah, sometimes it matters. You know what? It does matter.
2: It absolutely matters.
1: All right. What you missed next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire Auto Center. So, talked about the Cardinals. Offense great. Pitching not so good. Uh yes, this is a repeat basically of every day. Wow. Talked about Tyler O'Neill. Whether or not he's coming back at some point. Are the Cardinals now the team to beat? We'll tell you we told you which publication and which author believes that talked a little bit Matthew Libertor snuck in some football today talked about quarterbacks that have the most to gain and the most to lose again that's all available at the podcast don't forget next Saturday night at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri we are going to take on the Rizzuto Show from 105.7 The Point squaring off once again in that softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots that's next Saturday, June 3rd it's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair there will be a fast-pitch MLB Alumni Home Run Derby later that night featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bo Hart. General admission is on sale right now for just $15 a person. Get all the details on this year's O'Fallon Hoots Home Run Derby now at 101ESPN.com. March, what do we got for criticisms and compliments?
3: Yeah, something uh, came across my screen, and it was pretty concerning. And this was a few segments ago, but... The 636 says, confirmed, the 618 is Anthony, so he can have more segments where he messes with Jamie.
2: I don't even know if that's possible.
3: I, but no, I don't doubt I, it. I am not the 618.
2: I mean, he was
3: pushing the 618 to be Gersh. Yeah, he's that, been is, deflected. Yeah, is right. a deflection?
1: You guys agreed with me that he was Gersh at one yeah, point. I mean, you're very convincing, though. It's because it's probably Gersh. Mm-hmm. Guys, all, all and of And the- you're on
2: your phone a lot during the show. Like, he's always typing and doing stuff, and it's like, what? Like, and then all of a sudden, bleep, bleep, bleep. You're shady. You know you are.
1: Guys. 314 number, you know that. He did switch numbers
2: Yeah, we don't even know anymore He keeps switching He's got burner phones everywhere He can't follow <laughs>
1: That's what you guys had A very specific reason To have a burner phone Okay Yeah
2: It's just an inter- It's just a thought It's just interesting Yeah, well, your thought's wrong Move on Okay Oh, another text in 618 Move on, Marshy What the hell? Really? Did I, did I text that too? Yeah, you didn't mean to it's great. Okay
3: Hmm Interesting From the 636, he's been awfully supportive Of the 618 recently too
2: He was very supportive earlier today I traded him for a possum Yeah, yeah but yeah, that's now weird. that's, you know I don't know, and today you were defending A lot of things I, I don't know, it's just all It's all getting kind of weird to be honest
1: hm. All I said was He didn't think They are going to win the division Then you started bringing up Goldschmidt That's all It's keeping you in check, Jamie.
2: Oh, yeah, Anthony. You got enough to worry about on your own plate there,
1: buddy. 100% accurate.
3: From a 314, hey, fellas, I got a buddy who works in the office now in sales. He just told me that Jamie Rivers is intimidating even without skates on.
1: Wow. Where did you go today, Jamie? That you're intimidating people from
3: offices.
2: I I don't feel... I think it might be from here.
1: You just walk... Oh. Walking in randomly and just intimidating people? That's not cool, man.
2: Well, one, Anthony, that is never what I do, quite honestly. In fact, I usually walk into rooms laughing and smiling and trying to have a good time. Literally. Always. Try to help people and don't feel like I'm intimidating. Well, why did you intimidate this person? I don't feel... They said they were... I can't control how
1: they felt. I mean, is
3: is that a criticism, though? Could be a compliment.
1: That's
3: true.
2: Yeah. I don't know. You're right.
1: I'm just saying, and I think Marsh is saying the same thing. You need to back off a little bit, okay? <laughs> just try to be nice, try to be helpful for people to people and just you know, calm your face down every once in a while, okay? I think that's what uh, that's what we're all saying. Mm-hmm. Ah, I so just, if you could try to do that, that'd be uh, that'd
2: you know be what, really Anthony, helpful. You're right. I'm just a, ho- a horrible person. I'll do a little bit better. Okay. Nah,
1: I didn't say that, Jamie. I just said uh, be better. That's all.
3: The six three six says it's probably Action Jackson. That actually makes piddles? sense. Piddles? Yeah, that mm-hmm. might
2: be. Every now and then I buzz the tower on piddles. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nice guy though. Just keep him in check. A
1: Super bit. nice guy.
2: All right. That'll do it
1: for us. We have Panthers-Hurricanes Game 4 pregame at 6.30. Before that, though, instant replay from 6 to 6.30. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Salter. Go Cards. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock.
0: See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.